Drama City Productions presents Immersion Rig Now Online Welcome Nerd Now Generating Episode 66 Featuring Horror Comics Movies Wrestling Full immersion begins in 3 2 1 Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is David. And we're about to execute order number 66 with episode 66. That's right, motherfucker. It's here. Yes. The trailer finally dropped today. We are <laughs> recording this on Friday because we just had the hindsight to wait till Friday. Or Christian plugged in his laptop and it started to go on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe so. it's the um, but we are dropping the episode on Saturday now. But just today, today, well, yeah, today would be Saturday. Whatever, uh, whatever. We're, we're just doing it this one time. I don't know, man. I can't fucking deal with because I am recording this Friday. <laughs> so anyway, but yes, yes, we are recording this on Friday. It will drop on Saturday. Um, but because of that, because of Christian's smoking laptop, we got to see. The teaser trailer for Star Wars. We've passed on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now. But this is your fight. Um, I had chills. I don't know about you. I always get chills. Per, per usual. I watch it like five times and then I start to pick things apart. Mm. But um, yeah, this pretty whole... I, I think this was more than we got last time. Yes, absolutely. Right? For a teaser? For yes. the teaser? We, last time it was just breathe. And then like, right, the gravel floating and a few couple shots here and there. Mm. But... This time, we actually got some little, like, insight of what actually is, looks like is happening in this movie. A little. A little. I still think we don't know. Oh, no, I'm shit. sure we don't. We know <laughs> jack shit. But still, um, let's get into it, though. Let's let's start, you know, breaking this down. You know, we start off with Ray. She's out in some desert planet. We're not quite mm-hmm. sure where we're at. Um, but who's actually coming at her? Well, a TIE fighter. Maybe. Christian doesn't think it's Kylo. I think it's Kylo and the TIE fighter. They show his hands, black gloved. I feel like that's purposeful, but maybe they're trying to throw us off. Yes. Maybe. I don't think so. Uh, (laughs) She does a pretty badass fucking backflip over the damn thing. Yeah, force jumps. Yes, yes. And then she, you know, I also love the fucking old school Western moment too, where she fucking, you know, unleashes her fucking lightsaber um, as we see the, you know, TIE fighter coming at her. 
So nice shot, beautiful cinematography, um, totally, you know, basically harkens back to Luke, you know, um, unsheathing his lightsaber in Last Jedi, which I know everyone will fucking hate, but whatever, go screw yourselves. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I dug that moment. I thought it was a good opening for the trailer, mm-hmm. at least. Um, you know, people are speculating right away. Um, you know, what does this mean? You know, are, are, is this like a final battle between her and Kylo? Could this be a training session between her and Kylo? I don't know. I'm not going to try to <laughs> figure this out. You know, part of me was like, well, couldn't he just be blasting her? Yeah, exactly. You know, so it makes me feel like it's more of a training thing. Um, but you feel like it's not even Kylo in there. You think it could be someone else, like yeah, Poe or something. Exactly. That's the stupidest shit I've ever heard, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even Finn. Finn. It's not even Kylo's ship. Like, he can't jump into another ship? He can, but I don't think... I, I feel like so early on, especially in the trailer alone... For them to show you that scene? Yes. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> it's Kylo. <laughs> But then after that, we get, like, a montage, right? We get, like, yes. you know, lots of quick scenes and mm-hmm. everything. Um, we see some dark, you know, planet. I don't... I mean, could you figure out what planet that was? The part with Kylo Ren, or...? Well, no, no. When they're, they're they're going out to this planet, it looks like it's, like, mountains and shit like that. No. Yeah. I don't know what any... Because they, they change it all the time. Okay. Especially they're reusing it. Kinda it kind of reminds me of the planet we saw in Rogue One, where they had that um, base... Um, where, um, God, I can't even think of the name. Um, Jedi or something like that? Maybe. Maybe that's where it was, where they have the huge, you know, confrontation. Um, and, uh, what's her name? Dad gets killed on the planet. Oh, but that, that was destroyed. Was the planet was destroyed itself? Well, no, just that city, but. Okay. Maybe it could could rebuild, right? It's mountains. It could be another part of the planet. It just remind me, mm. regardless, you know, I'm sure it has nothing to do with Rogue One. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. Um, yes. What else do we have in this? Um, we do have Kylo just running through a forest of some type and just taking someone down. Yes, some cloaked individuals. Yes. I saw people already thinking that it was the Knights of Ren. Once again, I go back to what you just said. I feel like that's way too early and mm-hmm. very spoilerish to show in the first teaser. Um, but I don't know. Maybe. I mean, there's troopers there with him. Um, I don't know. People have been speculating that, you know, Kylo does at some point in this movie team up with the Resistance to take on another, you know, enemy, um, a greater enemy. So, I mean, maybe the Knights Run are part of that. Mm. Um, it still looked fucking awesome, though, you know? Uh, but then we also saw Kylo using the uh, lava cock to fix his helmet. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so are you going to be so pissed off if we see Kylo fixing his helmet and you don't get Rey fixing her lightsaber? Absolutely. Or we're going to get a parallel scene, do you think? Ooh, you think cutting back and mm-hmm. forth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ooh. he's fixing his helmet. I like she's it. fixing the I like lightsaber. That you like that? Yeah. All right. All right. We'll go for it. Someone call JJ. Um, all right. So then I'm trying to go back through this, and we both just watched it. <laughs> we have them standing around. They're all looking sorrowful. We, got, and... we basically got to see everyone's costumes. Mm. Right? Uh, we saw Leia. Yes, we saw Leia, which right away I got chills. Mm. Um, we know this is going to be the last time we see her on screen. Um, they cut in um, Ray's new outfit with that moment. 
So, because that's not, they're not both there. Yes, yes, because that's footage from mm. Force Awakens. So, um, man, that's crazy what they can do nowadays, right? Mm. Um, hopefully it ties everything up and we get some kind of closure, mm. you know, as fandoms. So. During the panel, they did mention, you know, like, it's amazing how well that they were able to put in those moments from Force Awakens into this film I and hope, make it work. I hope right so. Way. I hope it feels cohesive. Mm-hmm. Like it makes sense to storyline wise. And it seems um, like that she might have a little bit more to do with her daughter. Uh, that's also in the films. So. Okay. Okay. Um, and then we got her. It seems like she's holding like one of the medals from uh, A New Hope. That, oh, okay. Like Luke mm-hmm. and Han get. That's what it looked like to me. Maybe I'm wrong. But it seemed like she was kind of looking at one of the old medals. Maybe it is Han's medal or something. Maybe it's so on the ship. We got the new droid with mm-hmm. uh, BB-8. Um, Dio, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a um, hairdryer on a wheel <laughs> to me. They debuted it on the panel. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, the crowd was just, like, being polite. It felt like giving, like, oh, okay, that's cute, mm-hmm. you know? Um they again went on to explain that this was the first time they've ever seen it like this. It was always puppeted yeah. on set. So I'm sure. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's cool and all, but I thought the design was a little lackluster. Yeah. I don't know. But that's yeah. just me. I'm already annoyed with the fucking thing. Especially <laughs> since BB-8 seemed like a natural progression in like technology compared to R2-D2, whereas this feels like a setback. <laughs> yes, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, it, I agree 100%. So... Uh, we saw a lot of C-3PO, I felt, like, throughout this whole, mm. like, teaser. So, I mean, for C-3PO fans, if you're out there, it's good news. So, he's, there's a, like, there's a scene where Finn and Poe and him are on some kind of ship in the desert. Um, looked pretty awesome. Um, but we have no idea. Obviously, these are quick scenes, so we have no clue what the hell's going no, on. No, I think we see him in the belt. As well, in Chewie's belt. Oh, do we? I missed that. I think he's wearing it on the barge. They better not fucking kill Chewie, man. I'm (laughs) so pissed off. Like I said, he better be Mm -hmm. pulling off one of fucking Kylo's arms if he's going out. God damn it. So, um, I'll be so annoyed if they kill Chewbacca. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could handle that. Uh, (laughs) But, uh, yeah. So, what else do we have, Christian? Yeah, Lando laughing on the ship. Yes, yes. I got chills once again <laughs> seeing that. It was great to see him part of the uh-huh. panel. Um, I think everyone was terrified you know, of him <laughs> with the microphone, though. <laughs> but he's still a smooth motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's awesome to see him laughing. It seems like he's probably on the Falcon at that point. So. We didn't see much of the new character in this trailer whatsoever. Which new character? Um, African-American female. Oh, she was part Not- of the panel, too. I don't, did we see African British, not American? But yes, <laughs> did, she was part of the panel. She's part of the panel, but I don't remember seeing her in the trailer at all. Yeah, no, I uh, don't think she was part of. They made a nice joke towards um, a lot of people have been speculating that it's Lando's daughter, and mm-hmm. she was said, uh, "Well, Lando probably has a lot of daughters out there in space." What if it's Luke's daughter? That's another interesting element. Well, let's let's move on. Let's get to it. We'll, t- we'll speculate more in a little bit. So we've got a great voiceover going on mm-hmm. by Mark Hamill. Um, you know, just talking about you know, like now, you know, all these years of Jedi are now part of you, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then like no one truly ever goes away or dies. Is it? I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. So, and then we cut to black. And what do we hear, Christian? 
Ah, uh, the cackle of the emperor. Yes. Yes. Um, chills. Once again. <laughs> so, this was a really well done teaser. Um, that's after a shot of um, the them, Death Star. Yes. Yes. They're on the Ewok planet. Mm-hmm, Yavin 4. Yes. And the Death Star, we're looking at the rubble of the Death Star. Um, really haunting shot. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty fucking awesome. I never expected to see anything like that. I don't know why they're there or what they're looking for, but I'm intrigued. So, and then we hear the Emperor. So, I mean, what form of the Emperor are we getting in this movie? Like, I mean... I mean, it could be anything. It could be droid. It could be ghost. It mm -hmm. could be the actual Emperor. Because we never see his body. Do you feel like he'd be, like, out there, like, pulling strings this entire time? I feel like... I'm getting... For me, I'm saying Force Ghost. Hmm. Um, He's a long con type of guy. Yeah. Well, apparently <laughs> in the books, they're talking about, like, how the Emperor basically, like, set up the Empire to, like, fail after he was gone. Because he's mm -hmm. a Sith. He doesn't give a shit, you know? Everything he did for the Empire was for him, for his sake. So, um, he doesn't want anyone to reap you know, everything that he sowed, basically. So, um, but I found this interesting was basically, you know, the he sent out a bunch of different, you know, parts of the Empire in, like, far reaches of the galaxy. And one of those, you know, groups ended up actually becoming the First Order. Like, that was, like, the roots of the First Order and everything. So, how much... You know, is, you know, the Emperor involved with, like, you know, kind of, like, pulling the strings of the New Order mm -hmm. this entire time? Are we going to have a huge reveal, you know, here where, you know, Snoke was really just a puppet for the Emperor? Um, you know, does Kylo get confronted by the Emperor, you know, once Kylo thinks he's fully, you know, in control? Mm -hmm. um, is that the big bad that, you know... Was ends up before. Yes. Ends up, you know, basically, you know, getting Kylo and the Resistance to work together. I think that's a big enough bad to do so. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just hope it's not fucking clones. Because mm -hmm. that's what they did in the old Extended Universe books. Um, they had a whole lot of clones of the Emperor. Um, they had clones of Luke. I mean, it was just clone yes. mania. We don't need so. to get into Luke's clone story. No Trust one me. wants to deal with clones. It's ridiculous. Yes, yes. I also don't want droids, though. Like, as I know, there was, like, in... Was it the video games that had the... Yes, they have his video recordings on droids sending out those messages. That's what those seeds are from. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I don't I don't need that. Giving either. secret missions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, If they're going to have a reveal like that, I feel like we need to at least get a Force Ghost of the Emperor. Now, we know that, you know, he has the ability to, you know, reach upon, you know, you know, over the threshold of death, you know, that he talked about mm -hmm. in the prequels. Um, he's the first person to even talk about that, correct? Yes. Um, so, with Anakin. So, um, I don't know, man. I'm excited, though. I thought that was a huge reveal. Um, I just hope they don't fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, but if that, I mean, if that's what's going to bring this full circle, I mean, I think it makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Um so we also, with the teaser trailer, we got the title reveal, which is... The Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker. 
what the fuck does that mean, Christian? <laughs> Who is the Skywalker rising? I don't know. Uh, as as you're talking about, like, if this is complete in the circle, it's kind of interesting. You know, we had the reveal of uh, Palpatine manipulating Anakin's birth and everything. Yes. How much is this a tie-in did from he, that to this point? Did he manipulate mm-hmm. Ray's birth? That, too. That could be a potential. You know, because that's right away, you know, when we're talking about... Well, they've been talking about, you know, the fact that maybe they're going to kind of retcon everything that was, you know, um, shown to us in Last Jedi. And maybe that was part of the plan from the get-go. Maybe that was a red herring. But um, I'm wondering if, you know, you know, the, the comics and the shows have all been really working hand-in-hand mm-hmm. lately with the movies. So I'm wondering if that's something that we saw in the books, you know, that was a seed being planted for this very reason. You know, that was just a couple months ago. So, I mean, maybe we have, you know, Palpatine, like, really, you know, manipulating everything and we're getting that, you know. Um, I don't think we're getting, like, a double turn or anything <laughs> no. like that, to use um, wrestling terminology. But um, I think to more directly answer your question, though, I still think it's going to be just the rise of Kylo Ren from um, the Sith to... You know, I'm all about semantics. He's a solo. He's not a Skywalker, though. So he has Skywalker blood. Could it be Leia? She's the last Skywalker. I guess, but in what? Or do we have another Skywalker out there that we don't know about? Yeah, it's possible he was just. Maybe we're taking it too literal, but (laughs) (laughs) because it's been said, this is the end of the Skywalker Mm -hmm. saga. So. Um, and then uh, it was also, um, and this is coming directly from uh, Bob Iger, um, he said now, you know, we're going to be slowing down with the Star Wars movies. You know, it was his fault in the past, you know, he's taking blame directly for like the sheer volume of content that we're getting yearly. Um, it feels like they're going to give us some time to breathe in between here, which isn't a bad thing. You know, if it I, gives I don't us... need to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the, the TV shows are still all happening, yes. so we're going to get plenty of Star Wars, but, you know, instead of one year, you're going to get, like, two years or three years of between. Yeah. I think I think we'll be okay. Um, but, yeah. So, as long as it... But I up, really don't need to breathe. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree to a certain extent. I just don't want another solo. So, you know, and I feel like that was due to time. You know, the reason why we got the product that we did. Solo would have been better if it was a trilogy. <laughs> well, and then, then also <laughs> we had two years to, sh- you know, in between. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, I don't know, man. Was there anything, like, I mean, what were your takeaways from the trailer overall? I mean, number one, we need another lightsaber. Um, <laughs> we, what do you mean? We, well, we, just, just the fact that we're still stuck with Luke's broken lightsaber what was it it didn't look broken from the- it's not broken anymore but she clearly fixed it up but i was not what i was not what i was hoping for okay yeah okay i'm, I'm hoping that it's just a tease or maybe even an editing swap staff lightsaber yes <laughs> they gotta go with the staff we need a, we need one like, jedi with a staff lightsaber i mean right people now. have been talking about that mm-hmm. since you know the since force awakens so yeah, how badass would it be to see like Ray twirling that staff lightsaber? That'd be great. Oh man, I agree with that. Mm. I agree with that. Um, no, my biggest takeaway, of course, is Palpatine being 
around in some form of existence. Mm-hmm. You know, that's huge, massive, huge. <laughs> I would love to see that. Do he's we like, get Attican? That was a huge rumor. I think if we do, it's more Force, force Ghost or um, flashbacks type sense. Okay. Okay. Um, do we see any other ghosts? Could we? I mean, I we know Mark Hamill is here. You know, so is he guiding Ray along? And could you argue that Force Ghost Luke is the ascension of a Skywalker, and that's the rise? Oh, nice. Hmm. I could. <laughs> I could. And people will. Mm-hmm. You know, until they see the movie. <laughs> Unfortunately, we've got to, like, December. Yes. So, so it's going to be your strap-in, guys, because this is all you're going to get to hear about. Every and, week. Yes. And anytime there's any kind of little leak, uh-huh. we'll be talking about it for hours. Yes. <laughs> so that's what we do here at The Amazing Nerd Show. So... But yeah, overall, I was definitely pleased. I was de- mm. I was more satisfied with this teaser than I was with the uh, Last Jedi teaser that we got. Not that the teaser had any issues. No. It just didn't really show you anything where I felt this was definitely... This almost felt like a trailer, mm. you know. Um, but thank you, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if The Last Jedi could have really shown you more than what they did give you back yes. at that point. Yes, yes, you I know? agree with that. Um, and it's still pretty early on, mm. you know, so, and, but you, you remember we were fucking jonesing for this trailer during the Super Bowl, you exactly. know, <laughs> so we are greedy bastards. <sighs> we really are. Hey, they fed it. All right. Yes. They, they fed had, my greed. Um, and speaking of feeding our greed, we got a lot of Disney news, um, especially when it comes to the Disney plus streaming service. We got a date and we got a price point. Six ninety nine. Do Do you think they did that on purpose? What do you mean? Six 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 almost. Oh yeah, you put those ninety nines right. <laughs> you sick bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's six ninety nine, and it's gonna be debuting November twelfth. Mm. That can't get here uh, soon enough. I am fucking stoked for the service service because they announced like officially. Mm-hmm. Tons of content. Um, we are going to be getting that Falcon and Winter Soldier um, show. Uh, they actually gave us a like title card for it and everything like that, logo and everything. Um, the Loki show is confirmed, which I believe it was before. Um, but we are also um, going to be getting uh, the Vision and Scarlet Witch show, which is Vision of Wanda or... Yeah, it was WandaVision. WandaVision, yes. I hate that title, but whatever. <laughs> um, you know, it's Do you think she too... breaks down and brings all the X-Men into existence? No. Instead of the <laughs> No, no. And Faki actually came out this week and said it's going to be a while until we see the X-Men. I hope he's lying. Yeah. So, And he probably is. He likes to lie to us all the time. Um, but then we also Kitty got... Kitty Pryde is so at the end of Endgame. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be great. Um, but yeah, then we also got the rumor that there's going to be a Hawkeye series yes. coming. Um, you know, uh, it, it sounds really, really interesting because it looks like Clint is going to be passing the torch on to a young Kate Bishop. Yes. Leader of the West Coast of Avengers. <laughs> 
They will not bring up the West Coast Avengers. Not today, once. Damon. <laughs> not today, but tomorrow. Oh, dear Lord, I hope tomorrow. Uh, I still have to pick up the book again. You, know, <laughs> you swear by it, so we'll see. But I'm really, if that's the truth, I'm really excited by that. You know, I love Kate Bishop as a character. Mm. I feel like she's a great fit for the MCU. So. Um, but I yeah. would at least hope that we get her friends as well. I want America Chavez in a fucking series or something. Um, you know, and there's been a lot of like speculation too that you know with the end of Phase Three, that with Phase Four, you are going to be getting like a Young Avengers, mm-hmm. you know, some type of either series or you know movie. So, and it feels like the perfect setup for yes. that. Um, and maybe they debut Bishop here, and you know they you know transition into a movie. We'll see. We'll see. So um, that is especially the first volume of that book, Young Avengers. I mean, just a great story, mm-hmm. and it just always drives me crazy that Marvel's not doing anything with them right now. It really feels like just a waste of potential. Oh, you mean book wise? Yeah. yeah, just I mean, there were so many great it's, characters. I mean, I know Bishop, Kate Bishop is getting, you know, she has her own book, and, everything. and they're slowly reconnecting all of the Young Avengers characters mm. within the West Coast Avengers. Book. Okay, like that's what the, it feels like. They're kind of like slowly reintroducing them that way. Can they just become Young Avengers then, and just drop the whole West Coast Avengers nah. thing? Oh, and get rid of Lady Day Deadpool and <laughs> who else is on that team? People like Lady Deadpool. I don't know. Uh, is it Gwen? No, it's Gwenpool. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. It's yes, even more Gwen- ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> people like Gwenpool. People like to cosplay as Gwenpool. Do people really like that character? I don't know, man. Uh, whatever. I'm not a huge fan, so. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, so back to Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, so this is all being reported by Variety, and they broke basically all the other news about the series, mm. so I feel like there's probably some element to truth, uh, you know, with this, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, just great news uh, across the board. Uh, we also got confirmation that uh, the Cassian Andor series is a real thing, mm. so we are going to be getting a Rogue One spinoff. Um, so, I mean, shit, man, they can't you know, take my money fast enough, honestly. No, yeah, there's, uh, it really seems like I'm going to be broke by next year, uh, <laughs> adding that on to all my other streaming services. Uh, <laughs> so they're also saying, do you do you Hulu, Christian? I do Hulu. So there is bundle options that are going to be coming with it, where you can bundle Hulu with Disney Plus, mm-hmm. I guess. So. I'm honestly surprised that they're not doing a like 4K program where it's like $8 and you stream 4K at all times. Oh, okay. And stuff like that. Because that's how Netflix has kind of like, oh, you stream higher definitions the more you pay and stuff like that. Oh, well, maybe that's in the future, you know? Mm-hmm. So, also with all that, uh, we got the uh, confirmation of the What If series. Now, it is going to be animated. So, I was a little disappointed at first about that because in my mind, I was going like, oh, this could be the MCU's Black Mirrors. You know, we could really go fucking dark with this because mm. those what if stories can be pretty fucking dark and twisted and like morality tales. But, you know, they could still do that animated. Mm. You know, I mean, there's no reason for it. And we're going to be getting our. We, they gave us the storyboard for the first actual show, the first episode. And it's going to be uh, What If Peggy Carter receive the super soldier serum instead of steve rogers i think with animation at least you're not constrained to like all these crazy actors different and schedules. schedules and 
you know. See, but how cool would it be to have like you know a series awesome. where like you know Steve Rogers can be in an episode, and you know you don't have to do it. He's not in every episode; he's mm. just in one. It's a like a standoff, and it's just something that's just balls to the wall, insane. Like anything could happen. It would be awesome, but I feel like animation makes a lot of sense. Yes, yes, it gives them more freedom mm. and everything. And Marvel really hasn't been able to like capitalize with animation. You know, Spider Verse was really the yes. first like really well done. You know, animated and that's Sony animated movie. Yeah, by you know, Mar. But like even a Marvel property. Mm-hmm. You know, um, DC. You know, their animated movies have been top notch. A lot of them. Um, recently, they've been kind of yeah. like you know. Yeah. There's been uh, some stinkers here some and there. Mistakes, but... Yeah, but overall, you know, DC is where where it's at when it comes to animation so um, don't see the harley quinn animated movie though that I, last one that came out yeah did we talk about it I, I briefly know, maybe maybe just it was garbage awful, yes <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking forward to the actual animated series that they're doing though yes for dc i i am i am too so but um yeah, man, just an awesome time to be a nerd, man. Yes, an completely. Awesome time to be a nerd. Like this month alone has made me like so proud to be a nerd. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And then Christian, you got some news too. Oh, PlayStation had finally uh, made it so that you could change your username. It's something that you would think is such a simple thing to do, but for the last five plus years, you have not been able. Or at least cross like PlayStation Three and PlayStation Four, you have not been able to change your username. So let's say like ten years ago, you signed up as Dicks for Gold, uh, <laughs> and now you're a grown man and you want to change your username. <laughs> so if you want to find Christian, <laughs> search Dicks for Gold. <laughs> I just come up with the most ridiculous name uh, until the top he of my head. changes it this week. Um, <laughs> So what is that happening? Is that that's literally already happened this week? Wow, now that's that's great. So no. what did you change your name to? I didn't change my name. I like my <laughs> name. My name is fine. I'd already changed my name from Xbox to um, uh, PlayStation. Sorry, I was already a new. Oh, okay. okay, but um, what's it called? The only problem is, is that some games don't seem to be agreeing with this and are causing people to revert, almost like start a whole brand new game. Because oh really that's yeah, weird because their username changed wow and okay. it's happening to there's there's are they there's losing a list. are they losing their game like completely they're either yeah they're either losing it completely or um you know parts of it are just not right oh wow so it just becomes like glitchy and I guess I don't know how much online because inter- a lot of games nowadays have tons of online interaction mm-hmm. part of it so when you're changing your username you're changing. A lot of different aspects that have been hard coded for years. Yeah. So it's gonna happen. There are lists online. Is there a way to fix that though? Like, I mean, if you lost your like, you know, there's no promises right now. Oh shit. <laughs> so something that people have been begging for for years. Be careful what you wish uh, for. Yeah, is also screwing them <laughs> Dicks over. Dicks for gold. <laughs> <laughs> That is probably someone's username. I would not. <laughs> oh, be I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. And he's probably sitting right across from me. Uh, <laughs> all right. Was there anything else on the uh, video game front? Um, no, that's it for right now. Uh, we didn't have. We had another combat cast this week with uh, um, showing off Devora. That's a new character. Not a new character, but um, one of the newer characters from 
Mortal Kombat. That was badass. Uh, she is a bug type character. Um, it's a new character. She's new from last um, last uh, game. Okay. Mortal Kombat X. Okay. Um, man, what they've done with her, like uh, when she basically when she dies now, there's a um, there's a there's a uh, mechanic that you can place in that uh, like you can choose if you want this or not. Um, if she falls down and dies. Um, a bug will come out of her and you get to fight as this little bug for a moment. That's hilarious. Um, as like a last, like a redemption type thing. Can you win as the bug? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> um, her fucking uh, fatality is awesome. Really? Um, she spits into the uh, person's mouth like all this vomit. Oh, and, um, that's disgusting. All of a sudden you realize she's put a bug inside you and it turns into a giant spider and pretty much like your body has been mangled into a spider. Oh. Awesome. That's lovely. Beautiful. <laughs> um, they also revealed Katana today uh, which was awesome. Uh, she's Mortal Kombat from the beginning. So. Yeah. Uh, but she looks absolutely amazing. I think it's great that they've you know uh, the last few games for some reason she looked like um, like an American actor actress trying to play an Asian female and huh. now this is actually just an Asian female model and Why everything. Do that? I don't, so bizarre. I don't know. Interesting. But she looks you badass. You never see her unmasked, right? No, you do. You do see her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um. All right. When when is the game dropping? Um. The twenty third. The twenty of this month. Yes. Oh wow. So okay. we're eleven days away. All right. As of today. Will you be live streaming again? Um. Uh, well, since my laptop was smoking, probably <laughs> not at this very moment. That's I right. could. I could Sorry. stream. <laughs> I could stream directly from my PlayStation if I want, but we'll see. All right. Um, on the horror front, uh, we got some more Russo news. Oh, um, uh, yes. Yes. Well, loosely some MCU <laughs> news, I guess, right? Uh, the Russo's next project is going to be none other than Poltergeist. We are going to be getting another remake of Poltergeist. Um, this was remade, I believe, in like 2014. Mm-hmm. So I'm surprised. Does anyone by this. remember that one though? No, it was pretty like <laughs> I know lackluster. Mm-hmm. Um, it was okay, but it was yeah, it was pretty forgettable overall. So because I didn't remember it until you brought that up. Really? I was like, oh, it was remade not too long ago. I was like, oh yeah. I, and honestly, I don't remember a goddamn thing that happened in the movie. I think it's actually on my wall over mm-hmm. there. So. Um, yeah, I can remember the cover that's about it right now. So, but yeah, yeah, it was pretty forgettable. So, um, you know, maybe they've got like, you know, an interesting spin on mm. it. I hope they're not just retelling the same story again. I hope they, you know, they I do think have I, something uh, to bring to the table. I joked off mic about it being like rings. It could be poltergeists. And oh, it's just God. poltergeists across the entire world. Or just a different family story. Like, give yes. me just a, you know... <laughs> just you know maybe not that epic Christian just a different family story it's the Russos they can handle epic well the fact that they chose this because I'm sure mm. they could pick and choose whatever the fuck they want to do right now tells me that they have something in store for us oh yeah wasn't it it's MGM that brought them in and they wanted them to make a project for them and they yes. pretty much gave them Carbosh. anything that you yeah. want yes so I mean that's huge um, and I'm excited to see them do horror mm. You know, so um, and then speaking of horror, uh, we got basically confirmation that we are going to be getting a sequel to The Nun. Um, unfortunately, it sounds like, and this was an interview with one of the producers, that Crooked Man has been kind of put on the back burner for right now. I mean, they've got a lot on their plate. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um, 
I thought the nun was okay. Um, I'm a little disappointed that they're not doing Crooked Man before a sequel to the nun. Yeah. So um, I just I just visually I think the movie would have been stunning. You know, um, if they get the right director involved mm-hmm. and everything. Um, it could have been something, and it could have been something so different than what they've done with the Conjuring universe so far, you know. Um, but you know, the, he wasn't saying it was like you know not gonna happen, but it just sounds like it's definitely, you know, a few years out at least before they start production on it. So, um, and they also kind of they've been teasing that maybe there are gonna be some other you know characters getting spinoffs you know either from the nun movie mm. or from uh the yeah. newest uh, that's what we speculated about that movie. and that's what it, it's the perfect setup mm. and everything with them kind of exploring the room and everything at the Warren's house you know I guess there's supposed to be a new character um in the movie called the bride um who they think is going to be huge with fans so we'll see. We'll see. So, I mean, I got to trust James Wan at this point. So. Um, and then also... Um, not with Aquaman, though. No, I trusted him with Aquaman. <laughs> I enjoyed myself, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> Leave Aquaman alone. So when you go on Instagram and post your back tattoo of Aquaman, <laughs> maybe with a smiling James Wan next to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, so Christian are you were you a fan of Devil's Rejects and like House of a Thousand Corpses I did like Devil's Rejects I don't think I ever got around to seeing uh, House of a Thousand Corpses it's worth watching Mm -hmm. I think you I I think you would dig it Um, it's definitely a movie more about it's time I mean for me it was like a breath of fresh air because it was the early 2000s and we hadn't seen a movie like that in a long time um, you know, it definitely harkens back to like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and everything, but just okay. in this like MTV video style mm-hmm. type of way, um, it was definitely, you know, the project of a first time director, but it definitely has its charm about it and really does, you know, give us those characters that we all love from, you know, Devil's Rejects. So I, I think it's definitely worth watching. Well, the third film is on its way now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fans have been clamoring for years for it. Um, but yeah, Three from Hell is the title, and it is going to be released in September, it seems like. Okay. So and he's been teasing different photos of him, like, you know, doing post-production and everything like that. But he's finally wrapped it up. At September of this year? September of this year, Oh, yeah. so then we must be getting a trailer soon. I would think so. I'm guessing it's probably going, to, like, straight to, like, you know, Blu-ray oh, okay. and, you know, video on demand. Um a lot of his movies have been so far. But, but, I mean, that's not a big deal nowadays. Mm. You know? I mean, they do great. You know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it. I, I hope, like, House of Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects feel like completely two different movies. So I'm hoping he brings that mm-hmm. to, you know, uh, Three from Hell. Where, you know, it it's just feels like a different, almost a different genre of movie. So, I mean... Devil's Rejects almost feels like a Western. Mm-hmm. So um, it'll be interesting to see his take on these characters now and where they're at, you know, how many years later. So, you know, but yeah, yeah. Like like we've been saying, it's an exciting <laughs> time to be a horror movie fan. So Just a great year in movies in general. Yes, and speaking of movies, we saw a couple over this past weekend. Yes, let's get into those. And now, our feature presentation. All right, Dan. So we did see a couple movies over the weekend. Well, I saw one movie. Okay, you saw. A I saw movies. a couple movies over the weekend. <laughs> uh, 
Starting off, we're going to talk about a little bit of Shazam. All right, man. Bring us up to speed. Yes. Uh, we all have a superhero inside us. It just takes a bit of magic to bring it out, Damon. In Billy Batson's case, by shouting one word, Shazam, this streetwise 14-year-old foster kid can turn into a grown-up superhero, Shazam. Is that how he shouts Shazam? Well, no. He says it in a 14-year-old teenage boy's voice. Okay. But, you know. Because <laughs> I think I'd walk out of the theater if you shouted Shazam like that. <laughs> All right, Christian. All right. Tell me about this movie. So, this movie is is a good ground rooted story about a foster kid. You know, he's running away. He's trying to find his mom. It sticks pretty true to the New Fifty Two line of comics okay. and everything. Um, you know, he's trying to find his mom. He keeps going from home to home, uh, and you know, he eventually ends up with his uh, new foster family. Um, and from there, you know, he, he helps, as we see in the trailer, he helps one of his friends out mm-hmm. from the foster home. and it's like protecting him from, like, bullies yes. or something, right? And he quickly gets picked up by um, Pi the... Uh, wizard? Wizard, yes. Uh, and granted the powers. Now, what we learned before that is uh, this guy, this wizard, has been searching forever to find the right person who is pure of heart. And, of course, most people aren't 100% pure of heart so it's not going to be you know the easiest task and Until one person finds. that he did um try to test it on turned uh turned pretty fast and became obsessed so that's what our main villain has been obsessing oh. since like the 70s um about you know finding this magical realm and discovering it so that's the main like that. villain so that's the main villain okay what's the do you know the villains um uh, so yeah uh the main villain dr savania okay all right and um, that's a classic Shazam villain, mm. so. In the movie, he has, like, been, like, collecting everyone's memories of interacting with the wizard and stuff. And he's been trying to learn, like, the symbols and stuff to get into the magical world. Um, okay. Man, Dr. Savanya is a dark guy. Uh, even from the beginning, because the beginning of the film starts with him as a kid and everything, and he accidentally gets his father and brother in a car accident. And while they don't die, they clearly blame him for the car accident because he's in the back screaming, I was just visited by a wizard. I don't know what happened and everything. Yeah, they, you know, they're very cynical against him. They're saying you have to be a man and all this stuff. And it's, it's pretty hard on him as a kid. Uh, And then does he ever, does he truly ever get the Shazam powers or? He does um, return to the the wizard's um, realm, but he quickly, you know, He's pissed off because after years of being, you know, with this family, uh, he takes the power of the seven deadly sins okay. within him instead of you know. So, but as a kid, does he ever get the shit? No. Powers? no. Okay. No, so the he is tempted decides... by the seven deadly sins, so he's not one hundred percent pure of heart. Uh, okay. So he's immediately disqualified. Oh, that kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder he's bitter. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So now, tell me about Billy Baston, like. How does the transition work? You know, like after he receives his powers and everything like that, you know, um, is it smooth? Does it feel like, you know, we jump right into like him as the character of Shazam? No, um, there's definitely a learning process. So, you know, he first can't figure out how to get back as a kid because he doesn't know he needs to say Shazam again. Okay. You know, so like uh, he has to like sneak into the house and everything. Uh, we have a, you know, kind of a little sister character. Who um, like immediately finds out who he is and has to be uh, keep a secret, 
And that's how he figures out how to say, you know, Shazam and everything. How's uh, Zachary Levi's uh, performance? Absolutely outstanding. I think all the actors that play the adult versions of the kids mm-hmm. do really great. And I want to... Um, so, spoiler. so, spoilers. <laughs> well, to be honest, I didn't know that until um, I looked at these uh, casts. Because the cast literally lists, oh, adult version of this character. Adult, I was like, oh, well, good thing I didn't look up any of that really? before going okay. to see this movie. That makes sense. So we get the whole family. We get the whole Shazam yes. family in this? Mm-hmm. He passes his power on to everyone. Wow. Okay. I did not know that. The, the trailers don't show you no. any of that, right? But apparently that is directly from the comics. Yes. Oh, yeah. So. No, that's a thing. So, mm. so what is it? Mary... I can't yeah. remember her name. Mary, who is not his sister... In the movie, but it's just um, a foster system. Okay, okay. Um, so then, oh, wow. Okay, well, that's that's pretty cool. No, yeah, um, all of them do a phenomenal job of capturing how those kids are. Because the kids are well-defined throughout the film. So I could see as an actor, mm-hmm. as the adult actor, it being hard to really base your performance on the child's performance. Yes. But it works, you're saying. No, I think they did a phenomenal job at that point. Okay. How's the tone of the movie? The tone, that's my main issue with this film, is that it's just all over the place. You get this lightheartedness and this kind of almost Power Ranger level like storyline with this kid, Uh but then Dr. Savania is like literally, he goes into, well spoilers, he goes into his father's meeting room and murders everyone in there. Oh wow. Like, (laughs) Like the seven deadly sins are these actual creatures there with him and they are literally eating all the board members. And yes. it's not like a cutaway where it's like, oh, it's an open mouth and oh. a cutaway. No, it's crunch. Wow. No blood because it's a piece of film. Because this movie was film, really but... being like marketed as like, you exactly, know, like big with the cape, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> so no one got eaten in big. You know? No. And um, then, but then out of nowhere, sometimes with the kids' storyline, you get some pretty raunchy jokes. Like he goes to a strip club and, you know, he's trying to buy beer and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that was in the trailer, mm-hmm. in all fairness, but yeah. So, but tone wise, it does feel yes. like it's a little. It's just, for me, I like to call it a violent kids movie because that's just <laughs> how it plays. Um, there's a lot of ridiculous elements in this movie as well. Like one of the main reasons I call out Power Rangers is because the two main bullies that are they're beating up a crippled child. Oh, yeah, you know, that's true. Yeah, are, are just like okay with this, and they later on they like um, are on a Ferris wheel and they're trying to spit on babies. Jesus I'm like, Christ. they really want you to, like, hate these kids. Is there a possibility for those kids to become, like, villains later on? Maybe. Okay. But right now, it just feels like they're just the two bullies from Power Was Rangers. there any uh, Black Adam, like, Easter eggs or anything in this? No. There is a, like... There's a little worm that will show up in the post-credits. I would say just that's, check that out. Yeah, that's a character. A but... From- Beyond that, there's nothing that alludes I'm surprised to they, I can't think of the name. The mind? Mm-hmm. What the hell's the name of that worm? It's like... <sighs> I'm not up to speed on my Shazam. <laughs> Me not. neither. Shazam is one of those characters I was just never really no. interested in. No. Not even to like learn much about. Well, because of the whole family aspect. Mm-hmm. It always felt really cheesy to me. So, um, you know, but like I said, the trailers looked great for this. So I, w- I was really excited mm-hmm. to see it. I'm still going to see it, you know. Um... So overall, did you have a great time at this movie? Do you feel like it was like is it worth me seeing this movie? <laughs> Should I go to the theater to see this, or is this like a wait? I would say if you do go to see it in the theater, I would say you know Matt, not like 
uh, full price, but half price. You well, know, that's all I do, man. I, I know, but that's more saying, about crowd control for to me the average viewer at this point. Uh, yeah. Man and A, yeah, lazy Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. That's my speed. <laughs> <laughs> that's my speed. You know, um, it definitely feels like a product of what the Justice League left behind and everything. Okay. Um, How so? Like, because you're describing a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm confused. <laughs> well, it seems like it's what the the direction they would have gone in if they were trying to stay positive within that dark universe, you know. Uh huh. Um, there's a lot. There's a ton of references to everything that happened before. Oh, really? Everything. In Justice League, like the for the, yeah, like, the movie, like even when we see we see the battering, we see you know um, the the main kid that he's friends with pretty much at the foster home. Um, he is obsessed with all superheroes. So he's constantly bringing up everything. He's wearing like a shirt from every movie. He has an Aquaman shirt. He has a Justice League shirt, Superman, Batman. I'm surprised they went that route since it feels like they're kind of distancing mm. themselves, you know, from that whole continuity. So I am, it is curious that they are. I know, feel like they probably already had a lot of this in the can. That's true. By the time everything went to shit. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. Forgive us DC fans. Um, but... <laughs> You know what? I mean, it sounds like you actually enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed it, but at the same time, I understand all of its flaws mm. and everything that makes it not too great of a movie. Okay. So, okay. I'd was... say see it at your own risk, whatever you see feel like. See it at your own risk. High <laughs> praise from Christian. <laughs> How many stars would you give this movie? Um, I would give it three and a half. Three and a half. Okay, well, that's not yeah, bad. That's average. Yeah, that's not bad. Three and a half's not bad. It's like mm. a C plus. I enjoyed it more than Venom. That's all that matters. Well, that's not saying much. It's... I think I might enjoy, like, a kick in the balls. (laughs) Because at least that doesn't last two hours. True. So, I mean... Jesus Christ. (laughs) Venom. I enjoyed it more than Aquaman. Okay. For me. Okay. Well, I enjoyed Aquaman, so maybe I'll love this one. Okay. So, alright. Cool. So, I mean... Is it looking up and up for DC right now? The DC Universe. If they if they keep going with just solo films, building their own worlds, that's fine. You know, I'd, I'd rather them do just this character here, this character here, this character. I don't need to see them teamed up at this point. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. Feels like that's the route they're mm-hmm. going. Um, you know, and I'm like I was really um, happy with the Joker trailer that we recently got and everything like that. So. I, and that feels like it's completely a no, separate, you know, exactly. thing from anything else that's happening, um, you know, with these other movies. So, and we're going to be getting Wonder Woman, you know, nineteen eighty four, mm-hmm. which they've kind of like floated out there recently that no, this isn't like a, a direct sequel. It's you know, kind of its own thing. So it feels like they're kind of distancing themselves mm-hmm. from that whole like you know joint universe, you know, type deal. So, which good. You know, play to your strengths. So, all right, man. Let's talk some Pet Cemetery. Yeah. All right, man. So we both saw Pet Cemetery over yes. the weekend. You had a busy fucking weekend, man. Jesus Christ. I could not pull it off. Two <laughs> movies 
and a and whole lot of fucking wrestling, yeah. like 10 hours of wrestling. <laughs> um, so more power to you. So I only did the one movie. Uh, but I saw and you saw Pet Cemetery. So highly anticipated. Um, so let's hear about the movie. Dr. Lewis Creed and his wife, Rachel, relocate from Boston to Maine uh, with their two young children. The couple soon discover a mysterious burial ground hidden deep in the woods near their home. Um, so this is directed by Kevin Kolschik and Dennis Wildmeyer, um, and it is based off a novel by the one and only Stephen King, um, and it's a remake of a movie I consider a classic, um, so... I went to this movie with high hopes. It was a roller coaster ride when it came to this movie and me, just hype wise. <laughs> um, you know, I start off really excited about it. Then they gave us a trailer that I felt showed way too much, and we saw the huge switch that they made um, with two characters in the story. So I was kind of disappointed. And then I heard all the hype coming out of some, a couple different film fests and everything like that, you know, talking about how terrifying this movie is and everything. So, of course, you know, gullible me got super fucking pumped for this movie again, which I always do. Um, I'm a fan of these directors. They directed a movie called Starry Eyes. Um, I love that movie. Um, and I, you know, was really curious to see what they could bring to this classic Stephen King story. That being said, man, was I disappointed. I was so disappointed. Um, so it's really a tale of two halves with mm. this movie for me. Um, the performance across the board are great. Like, I really did enjoy the performances in this movie. It's really just the script that, you know, just let lets the whole thing down. Um, the first half is so typical paint by numbers like remake like you know something that we'd see in like you know the early 2000s when we really had that huge mm. remake boom happening where just studios were doing almost like shot for shot like remakes it really felt that way where they weren't really bringing anything new to the table and in fact they were gutting a lot of the charm of the original movie and what made the original movie great i just felt like there was no like suspense um, at all. We didn't get to live with these characters um, for us to really care about mm -hmm. these characters. So it kind of sounds like I'm talking on both sides of the mouth when I'm saying like the performances are great because I do feel like the performances were strong, you know, with what they were given. But at the same time, like I never cared about the family. I feel like we never really got to see the family as a family. Yeah. Um, you know, before all this like horrific, you know, events really take place. Um, we didn't get to live with them. And I think that was a huge, huge mistake, you know, by, you know, either the editors or the directors. I don't know how much control they had over this movie, but it just feels very rushed, you know, um, you know, where they're trying to tell us everything um, so they could get to their own story, um, you know, because the second half of the film, when they start doing their own thing, it does pick up, you know. Um, you know, they take it their own direction, um, which I have my qualms about, but like overall, I felt like it was, you know, it was a better movie, but the first half was just so unforgivable that I just couldn't, like I was done at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, they're just, it, it was dull. It was borderline dull at times. There was so much exposition happening. 
um, in so many of the scenes. I mean, um, Lithgow's character, um, you know, Judd, he's just basically there to, like, just lead us on our way. Like, he's no, a yes. vehicle, <laughs> like, to, like, get all this exposition out, which mm-hmm. is such a waste. Fred Gwynn, when he played that character, um, you know, really, I mean, this is Herman Munster, who, like, that's all we know of him at the mm-hmm. time, for me at least. I think he's the judge in uh, My Cousin Vinny or something like that. But, like, he makes that character his own, where he feels like that character. And um, the way he tells, you know, Lewis about this whole lore of the Pet cemetery is, like, through these great, like, flashback scenes that just, you know, really, you know, lead to this sense of dread that, you know, really just, you know, exists throughout the entire movie of the original. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I feel like that's also, you know, you know, uh, Judd is like the voice of Stephen King, you know, in the novel. You know, he's the narrator of the movie, you know, especially in the original movie. Where this, I mean, Lithgow does great with what he's given, but he's just not given anything but exposition. I mean, there's actually times where Lewis is like, he's discovering things on his own and they go with the old classic yes. horror movie trope of him like, you know, Googling shit and looking. I think he's even looking at like microfilm at one point where I'm like, what is going on? He's what at the library with the books yes. and the projector. Like, and the... We've, I, I've seen that like scene. I've never <laughs> seen in the least like, uh, you know, hundreds of movies uh-huh. at this point. I was like, we're better than this. This is a Stephen King novel. Like that, mm. that doesn't exist in the book, you know? Um, you know, give us like I, I felt like they gutted so many of these classic characters that you know horror fans mm-hmm. have like come to love, um, like Zelda and you know uh, Pascal. You know, these were great vehicles to tell your story, and they really just destroyed you know everything that they brought to the table from the original. Um, you know, where it, I I understand wanting to focus more on the family. But then focus more on the family. Yeah. Like, give us those moments, you know. Um, just none of the scares worked for me. Um, the Pet cemetery itself felt cheap to me. Um, it felt like such a Hollywood stage. Um, oh, you know, where when they, they're actually up there? When yeah. they're on there, when they're up there. But even when they're in the Pet cemetery, you know, at night, like the, the you know, before they break the barrier... Like it, like there's just tons of fog and shit. Like it just feels mm. so cheesy, you know, B movie style, you know. Um, it just you, it just it couldn't hold the torch to the original Pet Cemetery and what they did there. And I, I just, you know, I'm sure for me, part of it's nostalgia. You know, I mean, when you see these movies when you're younger, obviously you hold them in a higher regard. You know, um, but it, it just really, it really didn't. You know, because I'm not, I'm not a hater of remakes. I'm mm. not, you know, I enjoy a good remake. And some movies, you know, lend itself, you know, to these remakes, you know, especially when you're bringing something to the table. And I thought these directors would be bringing something to the table, something fresh and new. This just felt like the same shit that we've seen, like, you know, all those other remakes, you know, those mistakes that they've made in the past. Oh, yeah, you know, when like I was front and center, while I was watching this film, I questioned multiple times. I'm like, are these brand new directors that haven't done this before or they have what's going and they've done it well so it doesn't make any sense I don't know you know um, I had some issues with uh, technical um, parts of it where it's um, the practical effects seemed really cheap mm-hmm. to me like I didn't like the uh, what's it called 
the kid who gets hit with the car in the beginning Pascal, of the Pascal, yeah. Uh, his face just looks like they just plastered it on. Oh. It doesn't look like it's a part of his head. It just looks like there's his face and then it's just you could see the melted on top. Yeah. Actually on top, yeah, where his head is way mm-hmm. too big. You know, it's like <laughs> twice the size. I agree. I um, absolutely and agree. I, um, the cutting of uh, Lithgow's um, ankle just seemed so fake. Yes, yes. And you know, my thing too with the Pascal character to go mm-hmm. back, Pascal was like also this great character where, yes, at first when initially, you know, meet him, you know, you know, you're you're terrified of him. You know, he's this mangled, mm-hmm. you know, character, you know, corpse who's like kind of leading you your way. He's the spirit guide of the movie for Lewis. But then he also like brings this levity to the to the movie at the Where same time. In this one it's No, he's, he's just a for, horror aspect. Yes, and he's just cheap jump scares mm. and then he just kind of disappears. You know, like you know, he shows up, you know, to warn, you know, uh um Gage, you know, which I think that also was kind of where the movie suffered from switching of the characters, mm. you know, um, spoilers. So they flip, you know, if you watch the original, and I think if you've seen the trailers, you know this, they, but they flipped Gage and Ellie, basically, where Ellie's the one who ends up dying in the road and Gage survives. So then Ellie's the one that they, you know, bring back. Um, and, and that, too, like, that moment in Pet Cemetery, the original, when, you know, Lewis, you know is in the road holding Gage's corpse, you know, I mean, and he's just lost his son. It's such a huge movie moment. He does like, you know, the silent cry and you feel everything. Mm. I was numb when Ellie died in this. It felt like such a, like, I, even the, but, and I, I know you said the performances are great, but that moment where the, like, and I'm not trying to like bring hereditary into everything. <laughs> The mom, but I'm going to bring up Hereditary again. <laughs> the mom crying at the child's death in Hereditary in that uh-huh. film is so believable and so heart-wrenching yes. that when you go to this and the mom is just staring blankly, like I, she's in shock, and I understand that. Yeah. But there's no, like, even the moment when she's in bed later and she's just, like, she's mourning, it's... it's I, I don't know. It, there wasn't, I it felt wasn't like the mom, too, though. Like, I, I will say this for her. Um... Amy Simmons. I destroyed her name. <laughs> um, I thought her performance for Rachel was actually decent. I, I, just I enjoyed like her mostly in the film for the most part. Like, I didn't, I just, I don't know. Like, it, the flashback scenes that they use, you know, in the original mm. were so much more effective than what we got here. You know, they kind of changed the story a little bit and it, it just went like pure jump scare, you know, ish for me. Like, that's all it was. Like, Zelda in this movie is nowhere near mm. as terrifying as she was in the original, to me, um, at least. So, also, but, if you're going to reveal that you're doing that switch in the trailers, the moment in the film shouldn't feel so like, oh, we're doing a switch! You know, yes. like, it felt so clearly that they were, like, trying to create this twist at this yes, moment. I agree 100%. Where it's like, okay, well, we know what happens. Why are you selling it like this? They didn't need that to drop mm. suspense because there was none because we saw everything. It was spoiled in the exactly. trailers. And maybe that was a marketing, 
you know, like, you know, decision that they basically are like, okay, well, we don't want people to be completely floored by this huge change that we made to, you know, the original story. So we're going to show them up front. Um, I think the movie suffered because of that decision Mm -hmm. overall, because I think I'd probably be able to like, I think that scene would have been a bigger scene if we didn't know, because they do play along with that, like that suspense of that moment. Um, but I think, too, a, a lot of the movie was really relying on our, like, you know, our knowledge and our expectations from yes. the first movie. Even with the Judd character, um, after Lewis resurrects his daughter, you know, they show him right away with the slippers on. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're, like, basically doing everything to show his heel to you. So right away, you're already, like, you know ready for the moment when he you know gets mm-hmm. that you know and it's a classic scene I get it you know from the original movie but like it just it if you're gonna do something so new and different to the this you know story then don't sit there and rely on you know building suspense off of you know something that happened in the previous movie yes. you know and the you know what you're remaking you know do something fresh and new you know um, like I, it's fine to point out like little things about it being a remake, but don't make it so obvious. Yes, and I felt like they were really trying to draw up suspense mm-hmm. based off that, and that's just such a classic mistake that a lot of remakes do, mm-hmm. where they play with your expectations. Um, it just it did not work for me at all. I think, just there was no real suspense. Yeah. Like the scares didn't work for me at all. Like everything with church. Like church is like this walking jump scare, mm-hmm. you know, in the original movie where I just I don't know. It just didn't. It it felt flat. It really did feel flat to me. Um, I don't recall, but in the original, is there an issue between the dad and um, Rachel's dad? Rachel's dad and yes. him? Yes. Because like. They show it. They show him mean mugging him in this film, but they yeah. don't explore it at all. No, they don't, and it's a great scene because it really drives up, you know, just the grief that this family is experiencing. Um, it's a horrible fucking scene where they actually start to fight in the middle of the funeral, okay. and they knock into Gage's coffin, and you actually see his body, like for a split second, and the family just all lose it. Um, the grief was so well done mm-hmm. in the original film and in the book. Like, if you haven't read the novel, read the novel. It's such a great book. And it really, when they announced this remake, it made perfect sense to me because I was like, there's so much in the book that they didn't explore in the movie that you could have a remake be mm-hmm. complete own thing and it would make perfect sense, you know. It wouldn't affect the original and, you know, you could go, like, a whole different angle from it or just, you know bring up different aspects that, you know, I feel like, you know, deserve to be on film. Um, but they, they ended up doing their own thing, and it just, it, it felt flat. Like I was saying mm. before, it felt flat, you know. Because grief in the original movie is like its own character. You know, it's looming, you know, throughout mm. the movie, you know. Um, and this, it just, like I said, paint by number. It really does feel like paint by number. Um, no, I, I've been explaining to people that this just feels like they had a property they knew Stephen King's stuff is really popular mm-hmm. at this moment because of it being yeah you know, elevating. It's it just felt like they just made a movie to make a movie. It really it really did. Um, but that being said, like I liked the like with Ellie 
and when they you know do resurrect her, I like I felt like her performance was strong. Um, that w- the scene, you know, to speak positively about the movie for a split um, the scene when he wakes up and she's you know in her ballet outfit and she's dancing in the living room, fucking like all sporadically and just insanely. I thought that was a you know effective scene. Um, you know, something that I I understand why the filmmakers wanted to make the switch. You know, because I think they probably thought they could explore more about, you know, that transformation and, you know, how, you know, it would affect Lewis. You could do more with a, you know, eight-year-old than you mm-hmm. can do with a three-year-old, if you will. So you can have more of, you know, just, uh, you know, heavier moments like that, you know. But in the long run, just what we got, you know, prior you know, that first hour and 15 minutes just didn't do anything mm. for me, you know. Um, just really, really disappointing. So, um, but yeah, I, I I still feel like there's a bright future for both, you know, directors. Um, and you never know exactly, you know, how much, you know, the movie is completely theirs, you know, especially with like a bigger property like this, mm-hmm. you know, you don't know when the studio gets involved and, you know, how much they had, you know, say, like how much final say the directors had. So, but yeah, I was, I was very disappointed overall. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think the perfect example is just like when they're on top and he's burying the cat for the first time. And you just see this CGI background yes. of the area. I was just like, this is... You don't need that. You, you just uh-huh. don't need it. Like, it felt like the cinematography mm-hmm. felt like just B-movies, you know, um, scale. Um, d- even the the score mm-hmm. just felt... Nothing really s- stood out. No, not at all. Like, I can't remember a bar of the score. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know that they covered the Ramon song at the end of the movie, which I was glad that they brought that back at least. But, you know, the score was, I don't know, just uninteresting to me. Um, didn't bring anything to it. Mm-hmm. Like, just unrememberable. So I just feel like there's ways to modernize this story that they just missed the mark on completely. But I don't even know if the story necessarily it, needs to be It doesn't need to, you're but if about... you're going to make a remake, yeah, and if you're not going to, like use new elements from the story, you might as well do something where it's, you know, telling a more modern tale yeah. of the original. And you don't need to, I, like, you don't need a CGI backdrop no. in Pet Cemetery at all. There's no reason for that. No. You know? I think, uh, and I think the only other aspect I really wanted more of was the dad's kind of twisting towards this decision to make, to put his child in. Make his grief Public, exactly you know like make like i didn't feel that at mm-hmm. all you know um make him more conflicted you know with everything you know he's he's dealing with death from the very get-go when he we see him you know um for the first time you know with pascal and everything like that and we 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 get to know his views on you mm-hmm. know religion and everything right from the get-go that was interesting but then play around with that more you know, exactly. Um, you know, I think they were trying to get this message across of because he doesn't have this religion, you know, behind him, that he wasn't willing to like, you know, to let go. Of that. Like, I feel like that was kind of what the, you know, idea was. But you it know? didn't come across. It did. No, no, not at any point, you know, but I feel like it was just this like half hearted, like, mm. you know, 
you know, exploration of that character. Um, that just, I mean, the book, the book is a masterpiece. Read the fucking book. See the original <laughs> movie. Stay away from this piece mm. of garbage. <laughs> um, if you had to rate this, Christian. Uh, I'm going to give it a solid two. Two would be like a D. Yeah, I'll give it a two. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. Um, just because I feel There's, like there was something there mm-hmm. at the ends where like it could have been something. Like it, it felt very much like Rob Zombie's Halloween, where the most interesting part of that movie was when he was kind of doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, where the movie kind of goes off track for me with Rob Zombie's Halloween was when it goes to Haddonfield you know, Halloween, you know, and Michael stalking, you know, um, but it then becomes very much like a typical, like, slasher movie. Um, so, I, like... I, and even though I don't like the his movies, I I can still say that I enjoyed that, though, more than I got out of this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It just felt like every, you know, it's such a stock remake, if that's mm-hmm. such a thing. You know, it's, you know, it's... It's so classic, like, what remakes get wrong mm-hmm. with the original. So, like, it felt like the filmmakers and the producers never even saw the original. <laughs> <laughs> they just decided to do their own thing. No, I, I, like, mentally was comparing this to the Fantastic Four remake that we got recently. Oh, wow. Okay. I was just like, this is, you know, it's them just doing something to do it. Yes. Yes. Yes, I agree. All right, man. So that's going to do it for our reviews this week. Let's talk some fucking wrestling. Yes. Hi, this is Chris. And this is Brian. And we are the hosts of Inner Demons, the Ghost Rider podcast. And you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and other podcast apps for all your Ghost Rider needs. Right on. Christian, you like podcasts. I love them. I love podcasts. Have you heard of this new Podcoin app? No, I haven't heard of it. It's available for iPhones and Androids right now. It actually pays you to listen to podcasts. Really? Yes, yes. You get digital currency for listening to your favorite podcasts. But what could I even use digital currency on? Gift cards. Um, Amazon, Starbucks, I believe they even have Target. Um, you can also use that digital currency to donate to your favorite charity if you want. Wow. If you're actually a good person, unlike yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to really look into this. I listen to a lot of podcasts, damn it. Me too. And I mean, you might as well get paid for it, right? Exactly. Um, and right now, if you go ahead and use the promo code NerdShow, you get started off with 300 coins. That's a good deal. Right? Doesn't get any better than that. So I would stop doing what you're doing right now. Well, wait till the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and go download Podcoin. All right. The pod player that pays. Move. You could sense it with the 83,000 that were there. They were hanging on it 
praying that this result was going to be what it was. Did you feel that? And how has this been, this Kofi mania? Yeah, it's been incredible. Honestly, the past, like, two months have been amazing to see the support from the WWE Universe. Like, realizing that they wanted this to happen as badly as I did is just awesome because this is all I've ever wanted to do ever since I was a kid, man. This is, like, literally my childhood dream coming true. And that's, like, a real cliche thing to say. But um, it's... Actual, like that's a fact, you know, and I'm standing here right now as the WWE champion trying like not to get choked up and everything But you know, it's really emotional, but um long time coming All right, Brusselmania weekend is past us now. We finally made it through we got past the road. Thank fucking Christ <laughs> <laughs> We devoured a lot a lot yes. of wrestling over this past weekend. We had NXT takeover we had Seven and a half hours of fucking WrestleMania. <laughs> it still might be going on as we speak. I'm not sure. Um, it is we, for Ric Flair, at least, right? Yes, right. Uh, we, <laughs> and we we had a Raw and a SmackDown since then. So we've got a lot of wrestling to talk about. Um, but we're going to start off the show by talking about NXT TakeOver New York. Um, let's go ahead and get started. Yeah, we had the NXT Tag Team Championship match between the War Raiders and Aleister Black and Ricochet. Your interest was better this time. The War Raiders. It was still. It still could have been faster. It was cleaner. Come on. I hated. I hated the drums going down with them. I was like, this is obnoxious. Oh, I don't mind it. Come on, it's like they're WrestleMania. It was much better than last time. Okay, yeah, I think it was better. It was better orchestrated this time around. So, um. Phenomenal match, I thought. You know, I really enjoyed everything. Mm. Um, I'm cringing to think of the War Raiders having to, like, change up their style when they go to the main roster. That's all I kept on thinking was there's no way Vince is going to let these giant guys fly around like they do because mm. they're so impressive, you know. Um, you know, I, I saw a lot of comparisons to, like, the Road Warriors this week people were talking about and to me I feel like they are actually more style wise more like demolition because they can actually move um, and wrestle um, and that, that's not saying anything against the Road Warriors but they were just <laughs> beating the shit out of people for a while uh, but yeah I really I'm, I really dug this match um, they really clicked well together I thought it was a great send off for Aleister Black and Ricochet um but yeah, no, I, I really thought this was a great opener. Yeah, and, I and actually an opener without undisputed. This is true, right? I feel like they considered. Well, like they didn't the last... do war games. No, they were in war games. Undisputed. Was that the opening? They didn't open. Yeah, they didn't open. Yeah. Yes, just the show in general, right? They mm. weren't part of it at all, except for the end. You know, just as support for Adam Cole. Um, and we'll talk about that. You know. Because there's a little, so it felt like some seeds being planted here and there, um, you know. But yeah, this match was great. Yes. This is how you want to open up NXT. I feel like they never miss on the opener. Mm. You know, so their booking is strong. As always. <laughs> no, I was absolutely. It's fun to watch. You know, this huge guy match up with Ricochet mm. on high fly. <laughs> I thought it was incredibly entertaining, and it's always fun to see. Um, like it was uh, my girlfriend's first time seeing the War Raiders move, and you have this huge guy do a cartwheel out of nowhere. She's just like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, no, it is ridiculous. Yes. Um, so yeah, it will be unfortunate if they have to change a single thing about them. Yeah, yeah, and that's my big fear. Mm. 
Because classically, you know, you don't have, you know, giants like that. They're more, you know, brawlers, obviously. Yeah, but I think uh, that's what makes them different unique, and more entertaining. And di- yes, I know this and you know this, <laughs> but, you know, is the old man going to accept that about that? Um, you know, is Stay he Stay with his XFL. It's, yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. So, escrow <laughs> dog. Um, but, yeah, so I... I just, that's my big fear, is they're going to want them to be that prototype, mm. you know, Road Warrior team where, you know, they just come out and just destroy people, which is cool. I don't mind that tag team, you know, I love actually that style, but I feel like what really makes them different is the fact that they can go to this level, mm. you know, and match move for move, you know, with people like Aleister Black and everything. It's just whether or not anyone on the main roster actually wants to like take those oh, moves well, yeah. from them. <laughs> <laughs> and can you maintain that on the crazy schedule that the main roster, you know, yeah. you know, has. But them versus the Usos would be Oh my god. Unbelievable. Yes, I agree hundred percent. hundred percent. Alright, well next up we have the NXT North American Championship match between Velveteen Dream and Matt Riddle. Um thoughts on this match, Christian? Um, I didn't mind it. It wasn't, like, my most memorable Velveteen Dream match, but, I mean, he still, like, exudes everything that I want out of a takeover each time he performs. I thought this was a great showcase for uh, Matt Riddle. I really thought we got to see a different, like, dimension to his character. Um, I liked how aggressive he was getting. I liked to see, like, that fiery side of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he'll eventually make a great heel because um, he's very believable out there. You know, just his physicality and everything. Um, I thought the match was really well put together. Uh, you know, I'm not surprised by the results of it. And I'm actually kind of happy. I was worried that if, you know, Velvet Dream was going to lose the belt, that that means he was going to be getting called up mm-hmm. sooner than later. So I, I'm, I'm happy with Dream staying on NXT for right now. And just kind of, you know, getting more seasoned and, you know, doing his own thing and establishing himself even more. So when he does get called up to the main roster, they won't be able to deny him or change him, mm-hmm. you know, and try to mold him or do something stupid with him <laughs> like they tend to do, um, you know, where he just comes in as a huge star. So that's what I'm hoping for. You know, I would love to see him get like a big run with the actual main title. Um, so I, I was okay with the result, um, but I still think like Riddle didn't lose anything. No, by, you know, losing this match. If anything, he. I just don't think I'm still fans. not fully sold on Matt Riddle yet. Really? And I, I Is mean, it the gimmick. Yeah, most likely because I mean I I've had issues with him since UFC, mm-hmm. so I'm just like, I'm. Just I I thought working. this was. I, I see what you're because I too was kind of turned off by the whole bro thing mm. and the chanting of the bros and everything. Um, it feels like a watered down kind of almost cartoonish version of like Rob Van Dam, you know, his character yeah. in a way. Um, so what I think turned me around in this match was just seeing that fire, you know, him mm. able to like, you know, go to a different gear all of a sudden. You know, and, you know, get really aggressive and everything. I was like, okay, I, I can definitely, you know, dig this. And I, like I said, I could see him making a great heel. So, um, you know, another great match. Uh, next up, we have the United Kingdom Championship match uh, featuring Walter and Pete Dunn. All right, so we kind of watch this match together. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, my 
I like psychology and mm-hmm. I like what Pete Dunne was doing here, where he was trying to take away Walter's hand because he wanted to, you know, avoid those chops, those deadly chops. My standpoint was I've only seen Walter so much. I've seen him through clips and mm-hmm. I've seen him, you know, just, you know, highlight reels and everything. And, you know, what has really got me excited for him is those fucking chops. So this being like his biggest, you know, show yet and like, you know, the first time a lot of fans were being exposed to him, I was hoping to see a different match. Yes. Now, that being said, I get it. I understand why they did what they did. Um, And like I said, I like good psychology throughout a match. And that's what this was. Um, But... At the same time, I think it, like, even though Walter won the fucking match, I felt like they could have, you know, at least had him start off the show, like, destroying Dunn with those chops. And then have him, you know, Mm. you know, go to this, you know, where I'm going to have to break his fucking fingers. You know, I'm going to have to, you know, just resolve my whole, like, forget everything that I was going to plan on doing. That's what I'm going to do. This is my defense. This is my strategy now as I'm going to attack his hands. Now, I mean, Pete Dunne does usually attack people's hands in mm-hmm. almost all of his matches. But at the same time, he just kept going for the exact same thing. like And bending people's fingers, It, yeah, I get it. It mm-hmm. can hurt. But it's just like when I see it over and over and over again, I would rather have seen him like, you know, Doing other things like taking it to the ring post or something. Like, yeah, where he's, there was he's a, desperate. There was he's a trying. couple like submission moves that he put him into different locks mm-hmm. that he went for his fingers. You know, yeah, um, while he was, you doing know, the and yeah. the commentators did a great job of kind of telling that story of okay, you know, obviously he's doing this, you know, and yeah, it is part of his offense, but like the reason why he's doing this is to get past it, um, but at the same time you've got to have some other offense in mm-hmm. there also because you're not going to pin him by breaking his fingers, you know. So there needed to be a little more offense. Um, and just the size difference between the two guys, I needed to see more realistic offense from him. Yeah. You know, I mean, Pete Dunn's not a high flyer. So I needed him almost like cutting him off at his knees, breaking him down more, and then, you know... Going into, like, you know, just more high-impact moves, you know, that made sense. Well, like, okay, logically, that's what he's trying to do. Yes, take away the hands. I get mm-hmm. it. You know, you want to avoid those chops at all means, you know. But at the same time, you know, logically, I need to see him also, like, you know, throw in a DDT, throw in, you know, some kicks to the head, you know. And he did that. Just I didn't think they focused enough on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I will say too. It's so refreshing to hear the commentating team for NXT. Yes, <laughs> you know, actually selling the match uh-huh. and the moves in the match. It's just refreshing. You know, um, it really, it really is. So it just, it, it just makes you cringe when you have to listen to seven and a half hours of Michael Cole the next night. Mm-hmm. You know, you listen, you think back to NXT, mm-hmm. and you know, oh my god, this is what commentating used to be like. You know. <laughs> That's how it is. Um, so, Walter did win. Walter did we, win. We pointed that out. Were you surprised by Walter winning? Um, I felt like since it was their Mania weekend, I felt like if if there was going to be a time to end his title reign, it would probably be here. Okay. And if there was a guy to do it, it would probably be Walter. I just wanted the match to be feel more like it was like, I don't know. Not earned, but just more like more of a showing for Walter. 
to be earning that title after especially 600 plus days that we got yes pete you know would you rather see them work a little more of a program yes you know, that would be nice as well. like you know i mean we're i i maybe this was the payoff UK, but yeah, yeah. Maybe if this was like and i haven't me either so they might have had you know a couple matches at this point i would have no clue it didn't it felt like no, their first even meeting. like the video package seemed like this is their first time fighting each yeah. other so their video packages were on point too for mm. takeover i really i enjoyed you know how they were promoting a lot of the show you know because for someone who's a casual you know follower of nxt where you know a lot of times when the takeover shows up i watch like three or four shows you mm. know um prior to takeover so i can kind of keep get up to speed those video packages mean a lot because it gets you a lot more hyped into exactly. the show and catch you up to speed to everything that's going on. So they were very well done. And it seems like, and I I would assume they're using the same production, you know, team for the, <laughs> for WrestleMania. Yeah, sure. and yeah. for, but it feels, I don't know, it, it just feels better produced. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I don't know if that's because someone doesn't have their hands in it or, you know, whatnot. You and know? they, I mean, they do typically have more time though for NXT. Like they do, to, and there's only five matches. Yeah. So usually there's only five matches, so they have they can focus more and build it up more. So I, I'm sure that's part of it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, moving on. What do we have next? Uh, we have the women's championship fatal four way featuring Shayna Baszler, um, Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, and Carrie Sane. I'm just done with four way matches, man. <laughs> Especially after fun? that weekend. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know i'm just exhausted with it um this match was fine and mm-hmm. everyone i felt like everyone got their moment in this match which is good but at the same time i, I would have much rather preferred like a one-on-one mm-hmm. you know match up here so and i understand maybe they just didn't feel like they had a strong enough contender against baszler um i was happy to see her hold on to the title yeah i was really kind of expecting her to get called up you know sooner mm-hmm. than later also but, you know, the fact that she's held onto the title here makes me feel like that's not going to be the case. Um, the match was okay. I don't feel like it's up there in the annals of, like, classic, you know, women's matches. No. Uh, you know, it's no Sasha Bailey, too. No, you know? no. And, but I don't expect that mm. to happen all the fucking time. But, you know, yes, it definitely doesn't rank up there. Um, but, you know, they're all very promising, you know, superstars. And I, you know, I can't wait to see what's in store for them. So, no, I agree. I think this was mostly just showcasing these four women and just to see them grow further. Like I, like I said off mic, I felt like this was almost a practical ad for the Sky Pirates. Yes. They're just tag teaming the entire match. Yes, they will definitely get a shot at those titles mm-hmm. sooner than later. You know, I, I definitely agree. That, you know, they'll get a shot at the main roster titles, you know, sooner than later. I could definitely see that, um, you know, and they're just money on the table for kids. Wise. Mm. You know, you're going to see kids with little telescopes in the crowd and <laughs> fucking pirate hats and uh. shit. You know? So, um, you know, but uh, is there anyone scarier than Shayna Baszler on the roster right know, now? Man. In both rosters? <laughs> I, I mean, think... even her use of the cooking collection, she's just a faster... Um, version of Samoa Joe in some points. Oh my god, and yeah. she looks terrifying uh-huh. doing it. Like, we've talked about it before, man. She is scary, man. I would not want to be in a dark alley with her. <laughs> so, um, she fucking knows her character mm. well, and she sells it well, man. So, I, 
I'm actually kind of surprised that they're not calling her up because it feels like she'd be a great opponent for like Becky right now. I'm guessing they're saving it for whatever they want to do with, yeah. with the stories with Rhonda and stuff going I don't forward. Know, yeah, we'll, and we'll talk more about that. You know, I don't know where that's going right mm-hmm. now. So, all right. Well, last but not least, the main event. Yes, the NXT Championship two out of three falls match with Johnny Gargano versus Adam Cole. I love this match. I thought it was a great match. You know, I felt like both guys really complimented each other. Um, I'm not a huge fan of two out of three fall mm-hmm. matches, but I thought Adam Cole did a great job of, you know, because the crowd was firmly, I felt like they were really backing Cole at the beginning of the show and he's so over. But I felt like, not and not only him, but Johnny too, but I felt like they did a great job of kind of, you know, shifting the crowd. You know, and getting the crowd behind Johnny at the end of the match, where like people weren't disappointing, disappointed with like the results of the match with Cole not winning here. You know, like there was a huge fucking pop for mm. Johnny and everything like that. Because Johnny's been kind of a tweener as of late. Yeah. Um, so I. Oh, not to throw you off. Yes. But there was some awesome fan art where it was um, Gargano. As Phoenix and um, Chapa as Wolverine. See, I, yeah, that's what I was fucking telling you. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's their seamstress? They or like they're just off it because he obviously was Iron Man uh-huh. coming out, and they made reference to it right away. Um, you know, so no idea. It definitely feels like there's someone out there, you know, back there who's a huge. Was there a lead like, up to him coming up out as Iron Man? Like, did he say that he was going to come? Because there was a fan made sign. Out there it wasn't just like the one that you know that they printed out for them. There was a fan made sign that was I Iron hate Man. those fucking signs, by the way. <laughs> the ones that they print out yes. for fans and like obviously hand out before the show. Like, why do they keep on doing that? I don't know. Stop taking people's signs away and they'll bring signs to the fucking show. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's just so fucking you know forced. I, I hate that. Um, anyway, but yeah, I'm not sure if like there was a promo cut or something. I know he was calling himself Johnny uh, Takeover. Yeah. So, which Cole was like scoffing at, you know, your, your record's horrendous mm-hmm. at TakeOver. So, I think they said he like won one TakeOver match this year or something. So, um, but I don't know, man. It was just really well put together, the match. I mean, there was lots of, the pacing was great. There was lots of like peaks and valleys that I like, you know, storytelling wise in the match that I, I felt like, I love the back and forth where they're kind of like one-upping each other. Um, at times, so it just feels it felt like they were clicking on all cylinders to me. So uh, I don't. For me, it was more. I think I hurt myself by accidentally seeing a spoiler for the match before I even went into it. Oh, so that plus I'm not a huge fan of two out of three falls match. Even like that was one of my main complaints when it was uh, Omega versus um, Okada. Okada. There we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like I, I hate that type of match. I do too. Because so I feel just, like the storytelling is dictated mm, within the match. And exactly. I was, like, unless the match is going to be 60 minutes, then it feels like you're always going to get those fast falls that just feel so out of place and mm. unrealistic, you know, and then you know it's going to be 1-1 and then you're going to the, you know, the tiebreaker. I agree. Like, I think I've seen it, was it an a Usos match where it was against New Day where they actually kind of broke the mold a little and they have, like, the Usos get, oh, yeah, like, back-to-back pins. Right I was like, oh, yeah. shit, look at that. Because <laughs> it never mm-hmm. happens. 
So, um, but yeah, no, even that being said, um, with that kind of gimmicky, you know, type of match, I thought it was well done, you know, mm. um, and worthy of the main event of NXT TakeOver. Um, especially, I mean, you got to think that, you know, this was supposed to be Ciampa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, which how epic would that have been? I mean, oh man, just sucks. I mean, we'll see. I was surprised by, you know, the, you know, the celebration at the end where Ciampa actually came out. Oh, yeah. Was that, did that feel out that of place? That felt out of place for that. Especially if their storyline isn't necessarily finished yet. Well, because Johnny then, right, like, the last we saw Ciampa, Johnny was kind of taking him out. Yeah. Now, we haven't been watching the show weekly, so I don't know if there's something in between there that we missed where they kind of, like, made amends. But, yeah, it did kind of feel weird mm-hmm. to me. So, now, what do you think this is going to mean for Gargano, like, do you feel because it felt like he was going to be called up to the main roster? Do you feel like they pumped the brakes now with Champa being out, and you know maybe Triple H bartered with McMahon or something like that? <laughs> you can't take everyone. Um, do you feel like he's going to get more of a title run with NXT, and they'll wait for him on the main yeah, roster? Yeah, I think I, mean, I think he'll at least get maybe six months okay. with the title. I hope so. I hope so. I, I could see him and Adam Cole feud mm-hmm. longer, but I have a feeling Cole's going to be exactly. headed to the main roster sooner than later. So, and then speaking of which, did you see the after show? Was it the after show was actually on the show where he kind of yelled at um, Roderick Strong, you know, just briefly for like, you know, his interference, you know, like, why mm-hmm. did you come out at this time or something like that? So I'm wondering if that were, you know, that was seeds being planted um, for eventual breakup between, mm. you know, like the Undisputed or maybe Adam Cole moves on without the Undisputed um, and you see Roderick Strong, you know, end up, you know, leading the group. I'm not sure, you know. I would have loved to see them all go up to the main roster yeah. and just be a fucking pack of hyenas, but maybe that's just too much to ask for. Well, I think Roderick Strong can hold it his own if they wanted to do it where... They just break off from him and he stays in NXT and they move up together. So, oh, so you're saying Roderick Strong stays on NXT and then the rest of Undisputed? Absolutely. See, I feel like it's going to be the other way around, but I get what you're saying. Um, hmm, I don't know. I don't know. I just, my concern with the whole faction moving up is just them, obviously, what we've seen with Sanity. Yes. You know, um, you know, even fucking the Wyatts. It just feels like they don't know how to do factions like that anymore for some reason. They don't know how to book like a group like that strongly. So that's my concern with it. I would love to see it. I think that'd be fucking great. I think it'd be a great way to introduce Adam Cole mm-hmm. if you got the right booking around it. You know, where they're just kind of trying to take over the whatever brand they're on. You know, and going yeah, after If they're them. wild and arrogant, I feel like they... I feel like that works better. Mm-hmm. But I just... I feel like we're going to see them, like, jobbing to the new day, you know, <laughs> after, like, two weeks of build-up. So that that's my fear. And I just don't want to see that. Um, I could see Adam Cole getting over on his own mm-hmm. on the main roster if he needed to. You know, just... Even regardless of the booking, because he's such a charismatic bastard that, you know, I feel like the crowd is just going to gravitate towards his personality, you know, so, and we know he can fucking work. 
So, um, but that's going to do it for TakeOver, man. Yes. Uh, if you had to rate this card. You beat me to it. <laughs> um, I would give it, I think this is my lowest rating for, a, I think it's a three and a half for me. Wow. Because I just, it didn't, it didn't do enough for me. I think I enjoyed this more than last TakeOver. Mm. And I mean, I enjoyed last TakeOver, but I think I did, I felt like this was more... I don't know, to the bar that they've set for themselves. So not saying it was like a complete step back last takeover, but I felt like they're like I enjoyed every single match on mm-hmm. the card. Um so I'm gonna give it a strong four stars. Very right. solid four stars. So all right. On to Mania. Yes, the showcase of immortals. Oh, 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 oh. WrestleMania. No, you only get that song once. Seven and a half fucking hours. <laughs> what a bunch of jerks. What a bunch of jerks. Did what you the... end up going back and watching the no, show? No, fuck them. <laughs> Five and a half hours was good enough for me. I wasn't. I think it was around like ten o'clock when I realized there's like five matches left. What the hell are they doing? Yeah. Um, I heard the actual live crowd got screwed big time. Trying to get like, because the show went so long that like trains stopped running or something oh, like that, okay. and then like you know people were trying to fucking Uber, like buses weren't mm-hmm. coming, so like people were like stranded in the rain, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it was a nightmare if you were there live. Um, but yeah, yeah, if you're like a, going to WrestleMania, do not plan on taking an Uber. First of all, because that's it. like any giant event like that, don't don't assume you're gonna take an Uber out of there. Just the, I know they have the Uber fucking you know stations, but like I've done concerts and like we've just had to abandon the Uber <laughs> station because the, the the Uber driver sees like the giant mass crop and they end up fucking turning away, you know, because you don't know. It's so hard to find you know who you're getting and people just try to jump in. It's just a nightmare. Don't don't take an Uber. You know, fucking Cabot or something like that. (laughs) Um, You know, or walk somewhere else. You know, try to find a location somewhere else. I think for Slayer, I walked maybe a mile away before I ever got an Uber. Yeah, it's just not worth it. It really isn't. I mean, shit. Um, But yeah, yeah, I understand why people wouldn't fucking park, though. Because that's like another 50 Mm -hmm. right off the bat. But anyway, (laughs) we're not reviewing the live event. Uh, So... Christian, you saw the pre-show matches? Yeah, I watched them all. God bless you. <laughs> I, I had my catering from Aunt Annie's and uh, uh, pizza and I everything. Did, I did see the post. <laughs> <laughs> did you actually wear the belts? The uh, amazing no, I didn't belts wear while? the belts. <laughs> Not enough room at that point. Um, right. <laughs> um, all right. So to start off the show. What did we have first? Uh, well, we had the Cruiserweight Championship match, and we were wrong, Damon. Tony Nese defeats Buddy Murphy. So, how was the match? The match was, you know, it was a good Cruiserweight match. Yeah? Yeah. Did they impress you at all? Uh, I mean, it's still the Cruiserweights. I, it, they gave me everything I expected. It's probably hard, too. Like, there's probably, like, no crowd reaction at that point, right? They were they were behind it. Are people still coming in the building? What I don't I don't know their gimmicks well enough. So when Tony Nese came out, he his whole thing feels like a heel, and then you have Buddy Murphy comes out who was clearly a heel. What was his thing? I don't know. My abs or something like that, right? Yeah, it's that. Plus he's like he seems like a cocky like he has this kind of like cocky I'm an all American type of character. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. 
So that is weird. And we obviously don't follow 205 Live. Mm. So, um, but yeah. So, I mean, okay, Mitch, did they get a lot of time? Um, it was like a standard 15 to 20 okay. minutes. That's de- I mean, that's decent for them, but I guess they get that all the time on the pre-show. Mm. They don't have to worry about, you know, the main card. So, but I mean, they still got an ad in the middle of their match. Ugh, I hate it's so ridiculous. Like I'm already watching the pre-show. I don't need an ad for media. Mm. That's crazy. I don't know why they do that. Um, so that being said, do you think to me, I started, like I saw the little interaction between uh, Dream and Buddy Murphy. Yes, you know, do you think Buddy Murphy could possibly be moving back to NXT? Either goes back to NXT or he goes to the main roster because they have been putting him over big time. Mm. So he's um, the best keeps a best uh, kept secret is what they keep on calling him. I just I haven't seen like we do know that they were very behind Ali. Mm-hmm. And I have, but I don't know what his future is at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, so, during SmackDown, mm-hmm. uh, Ali was out there, and they mentioned Ali, um, you know, coming up to the main roster, and then they start talking right after that about you know next week with the shakeup and everything like that. So that got me thinking, you know, mm-hmm. like they're kind of once again planting seeds, you know, like who else could come up from the two hundred five live? So, and I think the obvious choice would be. You know, Buddy Murphy. So that that's kind of why I no, started. I, I don't have a problem with it. I've I've enjoyed his work since NXT. So, but I mean, I also like the idea of like people being able to go to NXT. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe NXT actually gets to you know rejuvenate some of their <laughs> losses. You know, and take some of the two hundred five guys. You know, I mean, I don't see why they couldn't work both brands too. I know sometimes that does happen, mm-hmm. but. It feels like the perfect Well, like they had fit. that tournament where it was the 205 Live guys, the NXT and that NXT. That Harper UK. was in, yeah. right? Which was just ridiculous to me. I was like, why would you bother, you know, and kind of ruining any kind of momentum that guy has, like mm-hmm. debuting him. So, uh, but anyway, uh, but overall, okay match. Yeah, it was an okay match. All right. Um, what do we have next? Uh, we had the Women's Battle Royal. Uh, that's how they main evented the first hour of the pre-show. Main evented the first hour of the pre-show. That sentence is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how they were like. That tells it. you the show is way too fucking long. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> Who do we have in the uh, battle royal? Do we uh, have? I mean, I, I know we kind of talked about it a lot. Anyone notable show up that we didn't expect? Um. There were there were a few NXT you know um, people in the match, but overall, this was just a weird mess of a match in general. Yeah. Like just people like they would highlight pe- a certain person and then they'd be immediately thrown out the next second. It wasn't like so they'd highlight them and then toss them out. Yeah, Ember Moon had like this huge showing. Oh, she was, like, fucking Ember people. Moon! Yeah, right, she, she makes a return, which should be a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. At least I feel like she didn't even be. get her entrance. She just like um. They brought everyone out. Only Naomi and Asuka got an entrance for this. Wow. Uh, And it was just... I don't know. It was really wasn't well thought out. Um, You have Sarah Logan throwing out Asuka at the end of the match. Whoa. That's ridiculous. Exactly. Uh, Man. What the fuck? (laughs) This is after, like, uh, Liv and... Did the commentators make a big deal of that? Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, Sarah Logan has won. It's whoever thought. Oh, and they thought she actually won. Yes. Carmella was under the ring, you know, being Carmella as usual. 
I didn't even see her sneak out, which was, you know, I thought Sarah Logan at that so point. So Carmella won the match. Yes. Carmella comes in, waits for Sarah Logan to turn around, doesn't like just immediately attack. They have like a small skirmish and then they th- get, she gets thrown out. Why would they do that to Asuka? Where, I mean, I guess they just didn't... Do they feel like Carmella... Are they going to push Carmella again? Probably. Or this is just complete a complete mess and they just want to reward Carmella. Either way, like... <laughs> What, what did we deal with truth every week? What did we get out of last year's? You know, nothing really. Yeah, oh, Naomi won. Exactly, nothing right? really comes of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there should be a title shot or something at least. You know, at the next pay per view or, or something. even just on the SmackDown. The yeah, week like afterwards. something. There needs to be incentive to this, mm-hmm. like to make sense of it. Because do they get a trophy or anything? They get a trophy. Okay, I um I liked um uh. Sean Waltman's suggestion of making it into like the China like memorial battle. Royale. Yes, that was. I thought that was that's smart. the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a good idea. We'll see if they actually do that. So, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, man, um, they need an incentive. You know, there needs to be something tied to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like a future title shot. They don't even have to put like when. They could just say a future title shot. Exactly. And just eventually, you know, on a SmackDown somewhere or Raw, you know, they get a title shot. So, uh, but yeah. All right. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope they do something with Asuka. I hope they just don't forget about her. Yeah. You know, or put her, I feel like they're going to put her in a tag again or something, you know, with Naomi. Because that was a thing for a little bit. <sighs> I know, don't want they, a reminder. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So what do we have the men's battle royal up next? No, uh next we have the Raw Tag Team Championship match uh between Kurt Hawkins uh and Zack Ryder versus the Revival. How was this? This was a really good match. I okay. really enjoyed it actually. Um I think it was fun, you know, with Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder like constantly being on the edge of could they possibly win this? They really threw on a like a a classic type of um tag match. Where you just have, like, you know, Hawkins doesn't seem like he's going to win ever in this match. And mm-hmm. it's just like, the crowd was actually fully behind you. The, the arena is definitely filled up at this point. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're in New York. Exactly. Both guys are from New York. So everyone is fully behind them the entire match. It was very lively. Um, the Revival really put over... Um, Hawkins and <laughs> which I'm not surprised by. I mean, no, those guys are pros. It's unfortunate for the revival to lose to them at Mania on the pre-show, but I'm you know my problem with the match was there was no build up to it. I wish mm-hmm. they would have at least you know had some kind of angle going. You know at least the last couple weeks. No, yeah, because this would have been a good end to that because they just announced it mm-hmm. you know um, they're just both teams are kind of doing their own thing I, I don't even remember the last time we saw Hawkins and Ryder actually on Raw I think they were like just randomly in things but nothing you know substantial where mm-hmm. it would make you believe that they were going to get this title shot so um, you know because it could have been a bigger deal like if they built it up the right way it could have been a bigger deal mm-hmm. but unfortunately it wasn't um, I'm still I'm happy for them to you know, get the belts. I was happy that they didn't lose the belts the next night <laughs> on Raw. Um, so that was a nice thing, and they did have a good match on Raw. So I'm um, hopefully the program continues though, because mm-hmm. I definitely feel like the revival needs to kind of get steam back. You know, at this point, you know, um, they it was nice to see them win the belts, but then I felt like they won the belts and they did nothing with them. So 
But, you know, that's the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> and the tag team division right now, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, all right, well, now do we have the men's battle royal? Yes, uh, now we have the men's battle royal, which was exactly what we thought it would be. Kind of just like... So Braun won. <sighs> yes, Braun won. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> you have the SNL guys come out. They, you know, they don't know what they're doing, so they immediately hide underneath the ring. Okay. Uh, and everyone fights and brawls, and Braun comes out and immediately starts eliminating people. He does get knocked out of the ring at one point, and you have um, a couple guys going forth, but it doesn't really matter. Does anyone else get a chance to shine in this match? Um, not really. Okay. Outside of Braun, it's uh, I'm trying to remember. Was it was Harper in this match? Yes. Luke they did. they did highlight Luke Harper and Braun. As okay. a potential like fighting against each other, but because the last time we saw Harper was part of the um, not, I always want to call them the Basham brothers. But no, it's not the Basham uh, brothers, the Bludgeon brothers, the Bludgeon brothers, right? Which yes. was almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. Was that right after Mania where uh, Rowan got injured? I think so. Right around then, because it's been it was a while. I didn't. Was Harper actually injured, or was he just? Were they holding him back for? I'm not sure. I mean, I, I'm guessing he must have been injured also, or something mm-hmm. must have happened that you know that it would. I don't think he'd been out that long, you know, because they have nothing for him. I would hope not. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I'll they have to, tease. I'll have to check the timeline. Yeah, they tease Harper versus Ron, but then they all the rest of the guys quickly attack them. Yes, so the two Harper's biggest threats. Harper's such an amazing wrestler. I, I just mm. hope that they realize what they have in their you know on their hands with him. And decide to actually give him something. Yeah. You know? So I just keep on thinking back of that like little IC title run that he had, you know, where he was having really good matches with like Ziggler and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think he had like a really good like ladder match or something, you know, for a guy that size, you know, to be able to go like he does. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I mean Um Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy were also in this match. Uh, they came out. They had a good showing. They're the ones that almost eliminate Braun at the end. Okay. Uh, that's when the SNL guys show back up to help try to push him over. And he just kicks everyone off quickly. <sighs> Whatever. And then they have their moments where it's like, oh, <laughs> they bring out a therapist to talk to Braun. Uh, During the... At the end of the match, it's it's the two SNL guys versus Braun at this point. And um, I think it's, it's Colin... Yeah, it's Colin Jost brings out his personal therapist. He's like, I think you just need to work through your issues. So they didn't have to do this. In the middle of the match? At the end of the match, yes. That's how it closes. Oh, I hate everything about that. <laughs> he, of course, demolishes the um, therapist. The therapist. Uh, was the therapist didn't have to like walk down the ramp or anything like that and make a huge No, he was on the ringside, oh, I guess, the entire so time. Awful. God. Okay, I'm glad I didn't watch the pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they're just going to forget about this match. And oh, absolutely. And pretend it didn't happen. So, whatever. Okay. Uh, are we at the main card yet? Yes, we're there, man. All right, finally. We're at WrestleMania. Yes. And two hours later. (laughs) And we got a shocking opening. Yes. And I actually enjoyed that this opened the match or the the card itself. So, um, and I liked the reasoning behind it. Um, You know, we had Alexa Bliss come out with Hogan, whatever. And then, um, you know, while Hogan's music is still playing, you have Heyman like, mm-hmm. rush down the ramp. The visual of Heyman, like, while True American's playing is hilarious to me. <laughs> so, uh, 
But, you know, Heyman's whole reasoning was like, let's get this match over with, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm not going to, if my client's not going to main event, you know, let's get this over with, you know. Um, so I enjoyed that. It did scare me for a second. Like, oh my God, is this going to be like them catching Seth off guard? Um, you know, is that going to be part of it? And at first, you know, for the first like five minutes, he just starts beating the shit out of Seth, um, you know, before the bell even rang. Um, you know, he really did a number on his back too. Did you see his back? Mm-hmm. How fucked up it was. So, um, but yeah, just beating him on the outside and everything like that, where I was once again, getting a little nervous that we're getting your typical, you know, Lesnar match. Um, so, and we both were kind of speculating that Seth was going to be the one out of the three main events, you know, to disappoint their fans, you mm. know, just because we felt like there was no way they could book the other matches. No. Um, Vince doesn't. Isn't that nice? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go home that happy. But, in all fairness, he went ahead and he pulled the trigger on Seth. Yes. You know, finally. Triple you, curb stops. Yes, yes. Um, I thought they were well sold by Brock. Um, I enjoyed the moment. The match was what it was. It wasn't much of a match. It was very quick. Um, but well, It I was thought, basically a beatdown until Seth just happens to get the catch yes I, I thought it set the tone though for the first half of mania though um i thought it got the you know the crowd on their feet and really going i felt like that momentum was felt throughout the next you know couple matches mm. um so i thought it was a smart move to have this match here so um you know and i it was a nice moment it was a nice moment you know so hopefully we won't see brock for a while supposedly um he's supposed to be doing something with the ufc you know i'm not sure what or who against but i think he's you know starting to train now so Hmm. you know we'll see though (laughs) so but yeah um this was a good moment though i was happy to Mm -hmm. see you know and then you know seth got to you know hurl his belt around you know and everything and we got another awesome gif out of it Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but all right so what do we have next uh next we have aj styles versus randy orton all right so aj styles versus randy orton apparently during this match there was some kind of lighting issue i guess so i didn't know about until afterwards the crowd couldn't see or something because i heard a bunch of weird chants going on um during the yeah during the match or some weird chants going by i just assumed it was a wrestlemania crowd yeah i thought they were doing the wave or something because there is a wave going on later on as well during reigns versus um drew Uh uh-huh so I thought it was just the crowd trying to take over. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I. So I always just assume with the mania crowd that that's what's happening. But I guess apparently they were pissed off about the lights, mm-hmm. um, which I think is unfortunate because I think it really hurt this match. I enjoyed the match. I liked, you know, the psychology that was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, the story that they're trying to tell with RKO. Um, I thought it was well done. It was nothing groundbreaking, um, but I thought it was a a good match um but it's the first of their feud i, I you know i don't know if it's going to continue though after this I, mm-hmm. I i guess aj got hurt oh yes during this match mm-hmm. um something with his hip um nothing too serious but he's going to be out for a couple weeks it seems like so but overall i thought it was a solid match um i think just when the crowd is not completely into it you know for a little bit because i felt like at the end they came back Mm -hmm. you know and was excited they did pop for aj winning but 
Yeah, well, I think even Randy true. was very much trying to work the crowd back into the match at several points. Y- yes, yes. Um, you know, but it the crowd was loud, mm. you know, just there was moments where I felt like they were distracted. So, um, so I didn't know exactly what the hell was going on. And he tweeted a picture of the lighting issue. Really? Yeah, okay. where, like it's just this big like bright orange light on literally the um right side is completely just blinded oh my god someone took a picture just trying to they couldn't see anything in the ring wow that sucks that sucks i always hate when they're in like an outdoor stadium and the show starts off and it's like daylight Mm -hmm. just something feels wrong to me with it being like you know day i've kind of like the the daylight shots really i don't know man i just it doesn't feel like maybe it's me (laughs) Um, Slowly so, becoming nights. Hey, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it inside too, because I feel like the sound always sounds so muffled. Because mm-hmm. in stadiums like that, the sound goes up. Yeah. So I feel like you can't like it, they never get the miking of the crowd right, you know. And I don't know if even you know that's a thing that you can do, but it just feels like you can never really truly hear the crowd. They no, always and feel that's underwater a little. That's important know? because they do use that in all their promotional material. They usually use. The Mania crowd mm-hmm. for like their sound effects for a lot of things, like even for the video game, mm-hmm. that's the one that they pull a lot of the audio from. Yeah, it's just like during while the matches are going on, it just you can hear them, they're loud, but you can't really make out what the hell's going on. And maybe that's you know part by design because you know a lot of times those Mania crowds can get a little rowdy, <laughs> so <laughs> especially if they don't like what they're seeing. Uh, what do we have next? Uh, next we have the SmackDown Tag Team Championship Fatal 4-Way Match. Okay. Damon, uh, I actually I actually really enjoyed this match. Okay. Uh, what we got with um, the Usos, the Bars, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rusev, Aleister Black and Ricochet, even though it felt like this very last-minute thrown-together storyline. It was. I thought... <laughs> This was a phenomenal It match. felt like the Usos signed their contract. Uh-huh. And they're like, all right, we'll get you on Mania now. <laughs> so but I was happy that all the teams got to be on Mania. Mm-hmm. But it did feel very thrown together. Um, but it was an entertaining match. Um, I enjoyed uh, the spot with the bar and um, uh, Alistair Black and um, Ricochet. Yes. Um, I thought that was fun. Um, but, you know, I was happy that the Usos retained the titles um, it was a well-worked match, you know, but it was nothing for me. It was nothing to like write home well, yes. about. Um, but I, I love the Usos. Um, and we saw on SmackDown, they dropped the belts to the Hardy boys. Um, so I'm okay with that. If it means we're going to get a feud between the mm-hmm. two teams, cause I think that would be a really fun feud. You know, you kind of got, you know, one of the best teams from the past against, you know, one of, you know, the best teams of the present. So I think they could build up that feud. I think it would allow the Usos to kind of work more heel. Um, and it seemed like they were kind of, during the match, they were starting to work that style more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which I think, I think they're, they do such a great job with it. You know, it's just hard for them to maintain it because they're so likable. Yes. <laughs> You know, those, they're that, that cool, like, heel where, you know, the people, like, you know, get into them, so. It's fun um, watching the crowd, like, full-on dancing to their theme every time they come out. Yes. So. You know, WWE was really smart to resign them because mm-hmm. I think they're a team that if they would have gone elsewhere, they would have blown up, you know, big time, where I feel like, you know. 
they could have definitely been making some serious money, you know, anywhere they go, like New Japan, AEW, mm-hmm. wherever, you know, they would have gotten huge, you know. And not that they're not huge now, but I feel like, especially with the restraints off of them, I can't imagine, you yes. know, the kind of matches you'd see out of them. So now I just kind of want them to leave. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I get it, you know. <laughs> I'd definitely like to see an Unchained Usos, mm. you know, so... All right, so next up we had uh, the Falls Count Anywhere match, Shane McMahon and The Miz. I was not expecting as much out of this match as we got, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a really good showing for The Miz. I thought I enjoyed all the Gaga in this match. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed Miz's dad getting into the ring. Um, we got lots of great memes out of it. Yes. This. <laughs> it's my favorite thing but, right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where we got like Mrs. Dad facing a guy facing off against Thanos. Yes. Um, yeah. No. It's lot, all over the place. Yes, it's fantastic. But stuff, I, what so. I loved about that moment was Shane like fixing his fists and everything, like yes. not taking it seriously at all. But that's how you book that match. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the perfect. You need that kind of like entertainment break in the middle and everything, and just it was good storytelling too. Um, you know, I I. I like the spot at the end to finish the match where, you know, Miz goes all out. You know, he's not playing it safe anymore, you know, because that's the one thing that he kept mm-hmm. on getting accused of, you know, beforehand, especially the last couple of years with Daniel Bryan and him and their feud was like, you always play it safe, you know, um, you know, to see Miz, you know, do that huge superplex, you know, off the scaffolding. You know, even though there's obviously a fucking mat, and I don't know if there's a better way to fucking shoot that thing where you don't necessarily see everything. It's still a huge, huge spot Uh to take. You know, I don't care if you're falling on a mat. It's still scary as shit, especially a fucking superplex. Mm. So, um, but I like that Shane prevailed, you know, regardless, you know, um, you know, with that huge move and everything. So... I'm curious now to see where it goes and I wouldn't expect that you know prior to this match because you know prior I just wanted this to be done with <laughs> and to move on with you know Mrs. Uh-huh. you know face run but I don't know I'm kind of like you know I want to see like what's the next step here mm-hmm. so I kind of want to see like Mrs. Dad actually turn on him and then side with Shane so I think that'd be kind I of feel fun. like they won't because they've been they, they kind of sell like the fact that Mrs. Dad is pretty awful <laughs> <laughs> it took him like actually like uh, teaming up with Shane McMahon for him to say I love you to his kid you know and his kid's at least 40 yeah. you know so I mean yeah not not father of the year material <laughs> so I, we could see a little heel turn here you know it could be or fun. they'll just put that on Ms. and Mrs. Uh, and move forward oh god Okay. Well, I don't know what's on your DVR, Christian, but that's not on mine. <laughs> All right. I'm sure it's right underneath the Total Bellas. And, uh-huh. 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 Is Total Diva still on? Yeah. I knew you watched on. it. I'm not I knew you fucking it. watched it. You walked right into it. <laughs> like, Just yeah, because I know course. that it's still on. Eight o'clock Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I imagine, because I saw ads for Total Bellas. You don't have to rash. It's just okay. Saying. You like what you like, man. That's cool. It's cool. So next up, we have the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match. <laughs> uh, the Fatal 4-Way. It was Iconics, okay. the Boston Hug Connection, Beth and Phoenix. Beth and Phoenix. Beth Phoenix, <laughs> Natalia, um, Nia Jackson, Tamino. 
I liked um, Natalia and Beth coming out in like the Heart Foundation mm-hmm. gear. I thought that was classy. I, I thought that was a really cool tribute. And Brett coming out and everything. Um, what the fuck with the Hall of Fame ceremony, man? What kind of idiot <laughs> <laughs> would tackle Bret Hart in during a Hall of Fame mm. ceremony when you're surrounded by a bunch of fucking wrestlers who worship exactly. Bret Hart? That's like jumping into like a fucking shark tank with an open wound. I don't know. Apparently, he'd been threatening stuff for a while. Yeah, like uh, um, but he's he was threatening Vince. He was pissed off about you know the women main eventing. You know, WrestleMania. So he's already a fucking loser. Uh, but, you know, apparently he's a psychopath too. So he clearly. tackles, tackles Bret Hart with some weird Rasta wig on or something. Oh, okay, that was a wig? All right. I, I haven't seen pictures of Because I don't think it was after. on his head afterwards. Okay. So, but like instantaneous, like the, the whole ring just gets swarmed by wrestlers. Mm. Um, Davy Boy Smith Jr. was there, which I guess makes sense. His uncle's going mm-hmm. into the Hall of Fame. But at first I was like, who the fuck is this guy with the pants on? Like, he's got some weird, like, tracksuit on. And he starts belting him on the side of the ring. Where, like, someone actually, like, pulled him off of him. Off the guy. So, and then Dash fucking walks around <laughs> and gets his fucking shot in. A nice uppercut to the chin and totally knocks him down. So... Um, you know, I was hoping to get see more, mm. you know, carnage, honestly, because what a fucking loser, you know. Well, you see Braun like oh, marching yes, forward. in the background. You have Drew coming at Holy him. Holy shit! <laughs> Apparently, uh, Shane got in the ring too. Oh, I didn't. I mean, I it's didn't such a him. it's so much chaos, especially yeah. from those camera phones. Yes, yes, but my god, because yeah, I wasn't watching the Hall of Fame live, and then I saw like someone posted something. Um, they, uh, the recast of it, they, um, they edited it out right away. Like all of a sudden mm. Hart's hair is a mess. Um, and he's just talking and you're like, oh, okay, this must be where the edit came in. So, um, but yeah, what I, cause he even knocked down Natalia when he did it. So he's just a fucking scumbag. So, um, but yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that, you know, teaches you a lesson. Don't, yes. Don't but, tackle Bret Hart. <laughs> but how'd you feel about the match, Damon? Oh, yeah, there was a match. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought the match was okay. I thought Beth got to shine. Mm-hmm. Um, I was... I really hate these fucking four-way matches. Mm-hmm. You know, especially tag matches just because you can't... You know, like, it just logically doesn't make any sense to me. No. Because you just want to stay in the ring the entire time, yeah. right? Yeah. So that, that's what they're all these forcing their tags in. Yeah, I like just it. you know right away it's just a flaw of the match itself. Mm-hmm. You know you don't need to have everyone on the card. You you just don't need to have everyone on the card. Are you sure, David? Yeah, it just it's. <laughs> I like that you know they want to include everyone, but how about you book Mania well enough where it makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, and then you can include most of everyone. Not these forced matches and just, you know, throwing matches together where, you know, it's multi-teams and, you know, it just, it feels so forced. And no, just I was surprised that we didn't end up with like a five-pack challenge for the WWE Championship. Yes. At this point. Thank God. Thank God. So, um, 
That being said, I was excited to see the Iconics win. I thought Sasha and Bailey were going to, you know, move on with mm-hmm. the belts, you know, and have a longer So did they. So did they. So there was, uh, apparently, uh, they were very upset about the booking of this match. Um, and almost, it sounds like they were taken aback by it. Um, Sasha uh, apparently tried to quit the company after this match. Um, and instead of letting her quit, they basically said, why don't you go like on a sabbatical and mm-hmm. take your time, think about it, calm down. Um, there are a bunch of rumors and these are rumors right now that they're even like doing some weird protest thing where they're like laying down in the locker room, um, you know, and, you know, kind of making a scene. I, I hope that's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand them being disgruntled and that's fine, you know. Um, you know, they definitely kind of screwed both of them over and it really did feel like, you know, this was all, you know, the whole tag titles scene was going to be built around them. And maybe they, I mean, yeah, they lost the belts at Mania, but it doesn't mean they could have won them back in a week or two. Like, I mean, so, but I'm fine with you being disgruntled, but at the same time, don't be disrespectful to the people that you're facing and wrestling against. Mm. You know, you're not above them. You shouldn't be putting yourself off that. Like, especially, like, for the Iconics and stuff like that. You know, I don't know if they feel like they didn't earn their stripes or something. You know, if, you know, as a fan, I don't feel that way at all. You know, but, you know, who knows what's you know going on backstage. But it just, it's unfortunate to hear, you know. So, hopefully that stuff's not true. You know, I'm to- I totally support her just, you know, saying, I'm done. You know, walking away, that's fine. That's her prerogative, you know. It's not um, like she won't be big wherever she goes. Exactly. I just, I, I also hope it doesn't just, like, hang, like, Bailey out to dry, too. Because we saw her on Raw all of a sudden, you know, losing, mm. you know, pretty soundly to Alexa Bliss. Who they weren't necessarily booking her that strong since her comeback. Mm. So, and I, I, you know, at first when I saw it, I was like, okay, they're building up Alexa again. I get it. That's that's fine with me, you know, um, with what seems to be with Rhonda not necessarily being in the picture anymore. It makes sense, you know, and maybe she's 100% now so we can build her up. Fine. But then after hearing everything that happened, I was like, oh, I hope this wasn't punishment for Bailey. Mm-hmm. You know, because Bailey has been an underutilized talent also. I mean, she was the biggest, she was the most over character in the company for a little bit. So, and they totally ruined that. Yeah. Against Alexa. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they use that as like double thinking. Like, oh, we're punishing Bailey, but we're also, if Sasha's gone, we're building up Alexa to fill mm. in this void, you know? So, uh, yeah, and that makes sense too. That mm-hmm. absolutely makes sense. Um, there's a lot, been a lot of weird Twitter back and forths right now. Um, Becky, like, uh, said, Fight me, like at Sasha Banks uh, today on Twitter. Um, so I, you know, part of me hopes that that's just them building an angle and mm. everything's been squashed, you know, or maybe just Becky trying to like get Sasha back, you know, in the WWE. Um, but then also Sasha did follow AEW today on Twitter, so very high schoolish, no. very <laughs> some high school drama going on. But if she chooses to leave, good for her. You know, mm. I just hope she does it with class not laying on the ground in the locker room throwing a tantrum though honestly AEW could use her in the in their division right now yeah but i feel like that's you know in progress mm-hmm. you know 
you know, I mean, they might feel a little light, but I feel like they're going to build that up in the meantime. And oh, we'll talk about all the AEW news yes. soon, too, because we are still only like an hour into WrestleMania. So. <laughs> but there, there was a lot of shit that happened this week. We're getting there. Uh, yeah, we're getting there. Because I, I mean, next up we have the WWE Championship match with Kofi Kingston versus the new Daniel Bryan. Uh, for me, this was the match of the night. Absolutely, match uh, of the weekend. Yeah, yeah. For me, yes, least. I agree, a hundred percent. This was a bona fide WrestleMania moment. Mm. This is what you want from a WrestleMania match and a WrestleMania moment. It's something that I think you will remember forever like you know as a wrestling fan so there was a there was a nice video of mvp and shad crying at a bar while watching the match really yes really it meant a lot for a lot of people Mm. and i think this was just such a classic build-up and i love that it was something that was organic and it like truly came out of nowhere you Mm -hmm. know you know i hate that it was due to like someone else's (laughs) someone else being injured but i love seeing the groundswell for kofi and for them, WWE actually capitalizing mm. on it. This is what's supposed to be the magic of WWE, where anything can happen at any moment. They're not about matches so much. They're about moments. Yes. And this was, you know, a WrestleMania moment done right. So, um, you know, he's the first African-American WWE champion. So, which is just ridiculous that it took that long to happen. Um, I know that, I don't know if they were counting... The Rock at the time or something like that, but now like they're they're acknowledging that Kofi is the mm-hmm. first, you know, because I think The Rock is also like is he mixed, right? He's Samoan and he's yeah. African American or something mm-hmm. like that. So, but they're you know they're acknowledging Kofi as the first, you know, African American. So it's so it's historic, you know, it's a big deal, you know. They still talk about um, Ron Simmons, you know, historic, you know, title run, you know, with the. Uh, WCW belts. So, I mean, this is something that will go down in, you know, wrestling lore. So, but it was done right. It made sense. It was a great storyline and it was a fantastic match. So, I I mean, just everything about this match clicked. Um, Daniel Bryan was just at, like, his best as a heel. You know, he was pulling out all the stops. Um, the psychology of the match worked. Um... You know, there was definitely moments because I felt like it was just a shoe in that, you know, Kofi would win this. But, you know, when, so when there is that scenario, you really need to build the match where mm-hmm. to make people like, you know, as jaded, as cynical as we are, you know, <laughs> believe that, oh, wait, Daniel Bryan could win this match. And they did that. You know, they did that here. You got a lot of great groundwork. You got your bigger spots. I mean, it's everything you could want out of a match. So, um, it was it was just well done, man. So I, I I don't know how you feel about the match itself. No, it was it was eleven years in the making, Damon. Yes, literally, because I've been a fan since like his first debut. Uh huh. You know, I was there for him tagging with CM Punk and everything mm. from there. So I I really I was fully behind this match. I was sitting there just absorbing everything that was coming through. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's huge. That's huge. You know, I just love the fact that the match was fantastic, mm-hmm. too, and it wasn't just a moment. Yes. You know, so you got the best of both worlds. Um, because, like, when it started off, I first, I was like, I, I don't know if this is going to go the distance where it's going to be a match where it's where we're all on our feet waiting to see what happens. Because at, at the beginning of the match, it felt very much like, 
oh man, Daniel Bryan could either just win right now or mm-hmm. they'll just make it a quick, you know, which is great. I mean, that's I mean that's part of the build. Mm-hmm. I think I mean so I I I love that aspect of it because it did feel that way. You're right. You know, it's like okay, it felt almost like a TV match where it could end at any moment. You yes. Know? Um, but then they were in for the long game. No, they so. really built it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, you know, and uh, just a great moment afterwards. The crowd was, you know, fully behind it. They were on their feet. Um, I, it, absolutely the match of the night. And this was probably one of the best WrestleMania matches since uh, uh, Daniel Bryan winning the fucking, mm-hmm. you know, title back in, what was that, five years ago? Yeah. Six years uh, ago? WrestleMania 30, so. Yeah, we haven't had a moment like this. No. We haven't had WrestleMania magic in and a it's, while. It's awesome this was that it parallels magic. those, you know? Yes. But those two storylines, because this could easily still be the beginning of where they're going. Yes. And it was just kind of a, a happy accident, mm-hmm. too. So, But it was just perfect. And I feel like there's still so much, like, meat on the bone for that program you know, I feel like we just kind of like cracked the surface mm-hmm. with those two. So I feel like there could be a lot. Now, it sounds like Daniel Bryan might have been injured yes. during this match, which kind of sucks. But it's kind of just a rumor right now. No one's for sure. He kind of like snuck off after Mania, um, you know, but people I think spotted him in the trainer's room or something. So it could be anything. He could be fine. Yes. But he was not on SmackDown. Um, this and then week. we also on Brawl we had um, Kofi challenge for the other title. Yes, and it totally because you know one of my issues with right away when that happened, I was like, mm. oh god, don't fucking have Kofi drop the belt tonight because I feel like that would have just put a fucking dark cloud yeah. over everything. Luckily, they didn't go that route, you know. And I was kind of thinking, okay, someone's going to interfere, and I was thinking, oh, it'll be Daniel Bryan, you know, because that would make sense storyline wise. Mm. But instead. You had the fucking bar show up. Because they do what they want. Yeah, what? (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) So they just showed up and it became a tag match and the crowd shit all over it. So I don't know if they're going to revisit that, you know, because right away, you know, with the, you know, brand, uh, what is the, what do they call it now? The mix up, shake up, shake up, the shake up that's happening next week. Um, Right away, I was like, are they going to unify the title here? You know, with the Raw's women's belt, you mm-hmm. know, being with one person, are you going to do the same with the men's? Luckily, no. You know, not yet at least. So, um, you know, but I mean, yeah, it could have been booked a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know, because it felt like the crowd was into the match and then the bar showed up and just, you know, sucked the air out of the building. Exactly. So, um, I will say this about the Raw and SmackDown after WrestleMania. The whole concept of the brand shakeup is totally fucking putting a damper on that. It used to be like the raw of like the year. Yeah. And now with the brand shakeup, it just, it's really just, I don't know, it's curbing that big time. And I almost wish they would just go right into the shakeup then if they're going to do that. Because the show just doesn't, it feels like they're in a holding pattern because they don't know what to do storyline wise. And this week we just saw a bunch of people like, you know, on the wrong show for no Mm -hmm. reason. Like, so like they couldn't continue what they wanted to do because they're in this weird limbo spot angle wise, because yeah, next week we're going to have people back and forth. Cause you remember, was it last year where they did, was in the middle of the year? Was it after mania where they did the, it was like midsummer. They did the shakeup and then we had a pay-per-view though booked. So they had to go oh, through yes. all these matches that didn't fucking did, yeah, matter. Yeah, that was fucking annoying. 
So it's like they got in their own way booking wise. Mm -hmm. So luckily they didn't set anything up and it's only a week after. Um, But just do it directly afterwards. You know, just get it done with. But is that too much for them? What do you mean? Because like they just they just booked Mania up till that moment. It's it's still like you don't even have to. But I I would almost think it'd be easier like if you know at that point. You know, if because it's only two weeks out. Like you're talking about a matter of a week. So if you just you think about that show in general, usually it's just people walking out. Like no huge Mm storylines happen. So I would almost think it'd be easier to like write. You know, but like, I know this, I I know feel this like wrestler is going to be on this doing. show, so they come in and interfere in this match, mm-hmm. you know. Instead of this just weird kind of hodgepodge of, you know, nothingness that we got this week. Because it was a little deflating, mm. you know. Um, anyway, okay, so, but anyway, match of the night, awesome WrestleMania moment, something to remember for, you know, a long time, so... Um, moving on. Yeah, how do you follow the match of the night? Um, <laughs> you have Samoa Joe just come out and decimate Rey Mysterio. Um, you know, if this is due to Rey Mysterio being injured, I thought this was a smart move mm-hmm. and it was a good way to build up Samoa Joe again if you're going to actually push him. So, um, Joe was a badass, super convincing here. Um, I liked the way that it was booked too, where it looked like he just caught him. Um, so... You know, in the perfect world, you get more of a match out of it. But if you're going to go into, like, you know, Joe as this monster and give him a legit run with that U.S. Mm -hmm. title, I'm for it. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing more matches like this. And we kind of saw him do this, um, the SmackDown prior with Mustafa Ali, where he's pretty dominant with him. So I'm hoping that they're going that way with him. So he deserves it, you know. Um, But... I was saying that last year at this point. <laughs> but at least he got his WrestleMania moment because yes. he's a bit on the card mm-hmm. too. So I was happy that Mr. was actually able to So wrestle. quickly could have been screwed out. Oh my God, that would have sucked. <laughs> uh, all right, so what do we have next? Uh, next we have Roman Reigns going up against Drew McIntyre. So this is where I feel like the crowd got tired. Absolutely. This is where yeah. I was tired. I was just kind of like, I tuned this match way out. Just, I felt like the result was predictable. Um, I really, I wasn't, it's unfortunate because I feel like they're very capable of having a great match mm-hmm. here, but this, it just didn't fit storyline-wise either. I felt like they're just both at the wrong place right now. I felt like they're doing a great job building Drew up since Roman came back. Um, you know, but you couldn't have Drew go over here just because it's Roman's first yeah. match back. Now, I would argue that'd be great storyline-wise for Drew. But I feel like it's the stage itself where you didn't want Roman to lose that match, you know, on that stage. I mean, Roman was still coming out with the half, like, cancer logo mixed with his uh, logo. Mm. Like, are you really going to have him lose? No, absolutely. I agree 100%. (laughs) But storyline-wise... It would have gotten so much heat on mm-hmm. Drew if he would have just destroyed Roman here. And then you you eventually have Roman prevail in a month. You know, you work a program, you know. But because of everything that's happened and because it's WrestleMania too, <laughs> and like literally the world's watching, mm-hmm. I, I understand why you go this route. So um, I just wish the match was a little more entertaining. So... <laughs> <laughs> Because it was kind of like Chinlock Mania here. So you kind of got, you know, (laughs) 
There was just a lot of, you know, uh-huh. rest holds and everything. Um, KO was probably applauding in the back. Though. Oh, my God. <laughs> just, um, you know, there's potential here for mm-hmm. a great few. There is. So we'll see what comes out of it. Well, Damon, if you weren't entertained then, we had the no-holds-barred match <laughs> with Triple H and Batista. All right. So, I liked the ingredients of this match, but yeah. I didn't like the meal itself. Does that make sense? <laughs> the cake so, came out sour, huh? I liked everything, you know, spots. Like, if it was mm. just, like, if you could shave about 15 minutes off this match... I'd be fine with it, but it just was too long. And Triple mm-hmm. H keeps on, but like it was one of the longest matches of the night. Stop, <laughs> stop! God damn it, Hunter! You don't need that much time. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, his entrance alone takes five minutes. You know, at least. So, um, you know, I like the Mad Max theme. You know, that's cool. But I feel like we've it, seen better from him. Yeah. Um, I think WrestleMania has done better stage design so many times than this. Uh, yeah, this felt a little lackluster. They just I mean, threw up a big screen and a ramp. And that was I nice. liked the big screen, but I felt like they didn't do anything with mm. it. Like, I felt like there's more possibilities with that. And then the ramp was like, there was one year where the ramp was actually part of the screen. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. I don't that, know why that was didn't. with Randy Orton's snake, but yes. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, well, there's a thing where like Seth like, the, like exactly, and then like it turned to ice or something like mm-hmm. that, and then uh, Roman punched it and it blew up underneath him and everything. Yes, that was cool. That was cool. Yeah. So um, they're really into the little hologram thing that they got going right now too, which is that's, fine. That's great. And all. But I felt like they like felt like that was enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway. <laughs> This match had great moments. I love the nose ring spot. Uh, the fucking power bomb onto the fucking steps was just brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like. I the wish Batista could get actually get into the ring. You know, without <laughs> falling. Um, but whatever. Uh, callbacks. What what callbacks? Are you There's saying? a callback to a Triple H versus Batista match where Triple H is holding the um, sledgehammer up and he gets power bombed. Oh, okay. That's a direct... Nice, I did not catch that at all. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. So, I mean, I I get what they're doing here, Mm -hmm. but I felt like the build was just flat altogether for it. Um, I felt like there was so much potential after that first night and they just kind of... I don't know if it was just a scheduling thing or just not caring. They thought the match could sell itself, but I don't know. It, It never felt like... Triple H's like career was ever really on the line, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I kind of wish it wasn't because then it just made it seem more like Triple H wasn't going to lose. Yes, you know. Yes, they didn't make it into a big thing either. Like I mm-hmm. said, like during the whole you know build up for that, you know, with the promo and everything like that, he's just kind of like, oh, okay, well, my career's on the line, and that was it. They didn't like harp on that with like their like you know video packages and everything like that either so you know they could have done like montages of his career like could this be his life like we didn't really get that Mm. Um, Um, before the match there was a random plug for um, Batista's new movie he's got going out of course and then in the match of course his co-actor the the co-star yes. is there after he With throws Triple H through the table. Over the big the table. head. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. That's just like, this 
This is stupid. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> it takes you right out of the match. Exactly. Right out of the match. Especially like, Batista's supposed to be heel in this moment. Yes. This isn't, you know. Yes. So. I like the table spot. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't expect the third table to be the one that breaks in that moment. Yeah. No, there was a lot of great spots, but unfortunately the whole match, to all, all in all, just was, mm. I don't know, it way too fucking yeah. long. Especially at this moment on the card. You're like, what, nine matches in here? Eight matches in? I mean, come on. And then, you know, my other problem too, and we don't have it listed, but there's a few too many of those, like, you know, uh, segments in between matches like they did the thing with hall and ash and they did you know alexa coming out announcing the fucking you know the the uh crowd gate and it, i'd argue that i needed those though really because I, it was just like i was just like get it over lot. with what the hell are we doing <laughs> <laughs> get it over with um like you know and this is this is when i miss fucking santino morella because you'd get that comedy match that you know you could just like kind of turn your brain off Mm -hmm. during it and just you know go get something to drink or you know um you know even though i feel like it would you know it, it just i enjoy the booking that they've been doing lately it feels more japanese where they're just kind of like let's get through all this Mm -hmm. but you definitely need that breather in between where it's just a match you don't care about so you know what's going to happen um and unfortunately that was the angle farewell match (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah (sighs) baron corbin defeats kurt angle I, oh, well, we missed before this. Uh, I don't think it's because it's not a match. We had Elias's performance. Oh, yes. The Doctor of Thugonomics made his, you know, return. Yes. Christian, how excited did you get? <laughs> I, I mean, I love the theme song. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Were you just word lifing it up? Oh, definitely. Can we but... take a picture of your tattoo for the Instagram feed? <laughs> Once I get it. All right. Once I get it. <laughs> I'll get it on my knuckles. Word uh-huh. um, It's on his lower back. <laughs> I can't have... You say every tattoo I have is on my lower back. How much space do I have down yeah, there? I don't... I'm not, I'm not saying. Sure. <laughs> Let the people judge. <laughs> um, it, it was what it was. But, you know, I, I was hoping Cena was going to stay in the ring at this point. Yes. So when this happened, I'm glad you brought this up. I I did enjoy though I don't understand what the hell was going on with the Yankee shit. I get it they were in New York, but with the Babe Ruth stuff, I guess is Cena supposed to be like the Babe Ruth of the WWE? I don't know, Damon. Or like is that character <laughs> supposed to be like I don't know. So I enjoyed him coming out and doing his I shit. I thought it was gonna be something like Bray Wyatt was coming out or something. Like I thought it was gonna be a twisted moment, like they were gonna twist that uh, Oh video that would have been cool. Clip, but no. Better than a vulture in a Hawaiian shirt, puppet, <laughs> laughing. Yes. What the fuck was that? <laughs> what are they doing? I don't know. Like, have we waited nine months for this shit? Like, mm-hmm. is that really going to be how they... Re- we got a weird puppet vulture in a box laughing and with Bray Wyatt's laugh. And I don't know what the hell was going on. So, apparently, Bray Wyatt's a puppeteer now. So, um, yeah. I, I hope that's not. Yeah, I hope there's more to whatever they're oh, doing. Man, it's going to be a full Muppet just... show with Bray Wyatt. <laughs> I hope. 
Oh, you're God. missing the potential here. It's like the anti gobbly gooker. Like what? <laughs> Shit. I hate you, WWE, so much. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So anyway, let's get back to John Cena. Yes. It was entertaining, but yes, during it, I was expecting Angle to come out, or something happens where you get that face off between Angle and Cena, which everyone was fucking you know mm-hmm. hoping for. Didn't happen, though. Cena goes up the ramp. Corbin and Angle's match starts. It's okay. Angle almost kills himself with a moonsault. You know, but Corbin ends up winning cleanly. Mm -hmm. Um, Even mocked the uh, you can't can't see see me. me. I hope that they have big plans for Corbin. And I know that's ridiculous for me to say, but... (laughs) To have him have this moment against mm-hmm. Kurt Angle, they need to cash it in, and they need to make it matter and count. Don't waste this, you know. Don't have it all be for nothing. You know, part of me, like, believes that maybe this was supposed to be Angle versus McIntyre. You did have that squash match happen between the mm-hmm. two, you know, several months ago on Raw. Um, you know, maybe at the time they didn't know Roman was going to be back. So they kind of changed the booking up. I feel like that would have been a worthy heel, you know, opponent for him. Yeah. But just where Corbin was as a wrestler at that moment, it just felt so lackluster for Angle to be facing off it and to, like, you know, lose to him in his final match. And I get, you know, Angle's an old school guy. He's going to want to do what's right for the business, and that's going out on her back. But it just... <laughs> it feels like such a waste for Corbin to be the mm. one pinning him. Just because I don't see what WWE sees in him at this at this point. So hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully he can, like, you know, catapult himself career-wise and, you know, he'll be one of the top heels for a long time. And your new WWE Universal oh, Champion. I mean, they did have him win fucking uh, Money in the Bank at one point a couple of years ago, so... I don't know, man. I'm just over those fucking slacks. Mm-hmm. I'm just done. It doesn't just, make any sense. It doesn't points. make any sense. He looks like you a fucking... You can wear tights. Yes. Yes, please. Go back to the tights. Um, so on Raw, you got Angle getting some revenge against Corbin. Mm-hmm. And then you had... Um, I'm losing his name, Christian. Help me out. Yeah, you have Lars Sullivan show up. The freak of yes. nature. <laughs> So even after he gets revenge on Corbin, you know, puts him in the ankle lock, whatever, Lars Sullivan comes out Mm. and squashes him. It was okay. I'm glad to see Lars back. Mm. You know, he had some issues with anxiety. Um, You know, I'm glad that the company was patient with him, um, you know, rightfully so, and that, you know, he was able to make this debut after oh, yeah. WrestleMania. It's, it's amazing to see that he still has a spot, you know. Yes, I'm glad. I'm glad. Because 10 years ago, I don't think that would have been exactly. the case. So, um, you know. Um, and then, you know, maybe it, with Sasha and stuff like that, maybe something like that had something to do with her reaction. You know, so maybe they'll be patient with her too, you know, also. So to bring it back to Sasha. <laughs> um, but uh, I, man... I just hate seeing Angle go out this way. I really do. Um, anyway, so then we got uh, the IC uh, Championship match: uh, the Demon Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, yeah, 
There was not really much to this match. I feel like it was. It's more about placement on the card. Mm-hmm. Too. Um, I will say I did love the power bomb. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I was like, oh my god. Yes. Right. <laughs> I popped for that. I. That. You know what though? If that is like kind of the thing with the demon, where he all of a sudden has this like extraordinary strength. I'll buy it. Mm. I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy it. You know, like, because it's not a move you would typically see Ballard do to someone the size of, you know, Bobby. But if you're going to make me believe in this demon character where all of a sudden he can do, like, extraordinary things like that, cool. I, I'll dig it. You exactly. know, that, that's that's all right with me. But overall, yeah, the match was what it was. I think at this point, everyone was just kind of done. You know, we're at, like, almost, like, 11 o'clock. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're like at the, you know, six and a half hour mark. (laughs) So, um, it just, you know, what also hurts this is just the fucking mindless booking on their part where you had Balor win in this kind of, you know, heelish fashion of, you know, pinning, you know, the manager to get the belts, you know, just very eh, blasé. And then like to turn around and, you know, drop the belt just to win it back again at Mania. Like, it was just so predictable and obvious. Um, I don't know. So, but moving on, we have the winner's take-all match. A triple threat match for the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championship. The first ever female uh, main event of WrestleMania. I was disappointed Becky didn't, like, do the whole Shawn Michaels grapple hook down into the ring. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. Especially when we saw Charlotte come in by helicopter. I was like, oh, they gotta do something cool. I love the helicopter moment because it is totally a fucking throwback to her dad's, you know, um, helicopter moment mm-hmm. um, back in, I believe it was the early 80s. So I, I really enjoyed that. It was a little weird to see her have to, like, walk into the stadium, though, with her gear on. So that was a little bizarre. I would have been okay with her just landing. (laughs) But whatever. Like, seeing her have to cross the street. Um, But, uh, yeah. You know, uh, Rhonda had a a great, you know, intro, too. You know, with Joan Jett, you know, know, playing her theme. I I don't think Joan Jett was expecting to be booed. Did Really? Well, they're booing Rhonda, but... You know, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever, it's okay. <laughs> She'll survive. Um, but I kind of like that Becky didn't have any splash. Mm. Like, she didn't really have a huge, like, she got pyro, that's it, though. But I, I felt like that kind of fit the character at the time. Um, so I'm okay with that. So, because, I mean, really, besides, like, the glass breaking for Stone Cold the one year, you know, Stone Cold never had any kind of, like, crazy fucking mm-hmm. intro. Um, so I'm okay with that. Um, the match itself, though, eh, you know, it was just very flat. Um, I was disappointed. You know, I was expecting a better match, honestly. Um, it wasn't a horrible match. No, it it felt short, too. Yes, yes. And I don't know the time on it. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, just the spots in, it felt a little clustery at times, um, it's hard with triple threat matches, but I mean, I've seen them do really well, especially this year. I feel like with this, you know, with the triple threat match mm. and especially with like Charlotte and, you know, Becky, I feel like they've been in a lot of triple threat matches for some reason this year. So, I mean, I had high expectations. It just wasn't 
really, you know, I don't know, meshing well, it felt like. There are a lot of spots that I didn't, like, I don't enjoy, like, Ronda trying to put the armbar on both of them. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a good spot where, you know, I did like, you know, Becky, you know, kicking her from underneath. I mean, they were definitely, you know, laying into each other, um, which was great. Uh, apparently, Ronda might have actually, like, severely broken her hand at one point of the match. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it just, they've had better matches, mm-hmm. you know, all three of them this year. So... You know, I don't know if they would have, if, if they would have like had it be like a, you know, no DQ, you know, street fight type match. Maybe that would have added a different element to it. Um, Which is like, even when Becky brings out the table, I yeah. thought, oh, okay, we're, we're stepping up to another gear. Yes. And then it just never, it never really revved up no at that point. Exactly. It, you know, um, and then I was like, well. You know, it's a triple threat. With WWE, do they do DQs with triple? They do do DQs with triple threats. They pick and choose. Because yeah. typically, a triple threat is... And even the announcers, you'll hear it every time, means no rules. Uh-huh. But, but they don't sell it that way. No. Like, usually, like, they have to throw in, like, oh, just Street Fighter. Or, oh, you know. So, I mean, it just didn't feel... Because they were doing rope breaks. You know, so... And know, there's no rope breaks. And ta- yeah, breaks. so, like... I don't know. Don't they do it every fucking time. Because I've seen it the other way where it is like, you know, people have gotten disqualified in a triple threat match before. So I never can keep track of what the fuck they're doing, you know, especially. It just seems like whatever benefits them uh-huh. at the time. <laughs> so we get to the finish. Rhonda looks like she's about to hit her fucking finisher. Uh, Becky rolls her up in a crucifix and the ref counts to three, kind of. Uh, Rhonda's shoulder goes up at like one and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, The ref chooses to ignore it. And, (laughs) you know, Becky's in the ring celebrating. He wanted Becky to win already, right? Rhonda, yeah. He was done. He was done for the (laughs) night. So was everyone else. That kind of finish, and I don't know if it was on purpose. Once, right away, I'm thinking Starcade, fucking, God, was it 98, 99, Hogan versus Sting. Um, they did this hot, this huge fucking mess of a finish. You had a year long build up where Sting was the first started as the Crow character, mm-hmm. didn't wrestle for over a year. He finally got his main event match against Hogan in WCW's version of Mania, which is Starcade. So they do this huge match. Nick Patrick goes for um, uh, the pin and. Basically, it was supposed to be like uh, it was supposed to be them screwing over like Sting, but the problem was he didn't do the fast count, mm-hmm. so it looked like Hogan won. And then Bret Hart comes out and says, "I'm not going to let any referee screw anyone over." And this is right after the <laughs> screw job incident. And then he like you know ends up you know throwing Nick Patrick out, and you know Sting gets the win. But the fact that Hogan pinned him mm-hmm. totally just ruined the finish of the match, even though it was like a screw-up. Supposedly Hogan might have, you know, been working, you know, behind the scenes. Um, but, yeah, it had the same type of anticlimactic feeling to me, though. It really did. Where it was like, 
I'm awesome. I, like awesome with the results. You know, great. I'm glad the right mm. person won. But it just could have been a bigger moment. It really could. You know, and I felt like instead of everyone talking about this great historic moment of the women finally headlining WrestleMania and having this classic match, all the focus was on the ending of the match and this mm. match. You know, all the headlines was about this weird match ending. And I know they want people talking, but I feel like this is the wrong kind of yes. press that you want, you know. Um, and really just leads to fans not really trusting them. You know, I don't know if this was a true botch. Like, they right away, they put out there that they find the referee. Um, they didn't show it on Raw. They didn't mm. talk about it on Raw. I still feel like it was on purpose. I still feel like it was part of the match and it was a work because Corey Graves mentioned it multiple times after the match. So I was like, okay, they're working an angle here. You know, what that angle is or what it's supposed to be, I don't fucking know. I just don't feel like it was, you know, not on purpose. I don't feel like it was an yeah. accident. You know, no, it's just it's, such a flat finish, though. It, it really left a sour note on the entire card. Just since we've been building up for how fucking long mm-hmm. just to get here. And I was, I was ready to, like... Let go of all the weird booking decisions we got to get here. Yes, just to really enjoy this match. There was a lot. They overbooked that angle mm-hmm. so badly. Um, you know, almost destroyed it. But you know, we got where we needed to get. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was disappointing. You know, um, so I mean, overall, I I I'm glad that Becky has the belts and everything mm-hmm. like that, but. It, I don't know where they're going, man. I really don't. I mean, we can speculate all we want, but we don't know what Ronda's future is right now. There was a lot about Ronda not being, you know, she's going to go on to have a family now yes. and, you know, go on hiatus. She might come back. She might not come back. We don't know. But doesn't really leave a great taste in your mouth. So I feel like they're setting up to, you know, another match between mm-hmm. those two and one-on-one would make the most sense. But we'll see. We'll see. So, um, that being said, I'm glad that Becky won. Yes. So thank God. Because <laughs> I almost got scared that Charlotte was going to win at one point. And that was another rumor, too, that um, it was supposed to be Charlotte tapping to Becky. Yes. But, you know, somehow this happened. You know, and I don't know if they're trying to fake a screw job, you know, scenario or something like that. Becky's mentioned, you know, a well, few I don't times. feel like that works on Rhonda and her character at that point, you know. Well, Becky keeps on talking about how she's glad someone who was like you know bad mouthing her business you know her love you know got beat by a wrestling hold so she keeps on saying that line Uh and i was like did someone put that line in your ear is this you know is this an angle (laughs) so because i mean it it does make sense storyline wise when you put it that Mm -hmm. way but i don't think it's worth the ending of your match you know so, um, but yeah, but that, that was WrestleMania, man. Yes. Uh, we had Ron, uh, Becky show up on Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like her feud is going to be with Lacey Evans. They did not, like I said before, they did not make note of the finish of the match at all. So there was no, even when they showed the highlights of the match, they went to a black screen and you just <laughs> heard the three counts. Yes. I can totally picture it. Too. Yes. Yes. So, um, ha. Huh. But yeah, uh, are you excited about a feud between Lacey Evans and Becky Lynch? 
I think Lacey Evans will put out her best showing that she can, mm-hmm. but I, I just can't stand that punch finisher. Yeah. I can't stand that it. it's just a right arm and that's it. It's curious that this would be her first feud. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like Becky might end up losing a belt to her. Just, just one, though? Well, yeah. Well, she's not... The belts aren't unified. No. So she's defending both belts, she's saying. So, um, but yeah. I just... It, for her first feud to go against the champ like this... Do you think they'll make her do a... You know, two matches in one night? I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like something's gonna happen here. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe Charlotte gets involved, costs her the match. You know, I mean, I don't know. Just very curious. Because usually, typically, that's not how you debut someone. You know, and you've been having a lot of build-up for Lacey. Her doing the catwalk every fucking episode, you know, since she's debuted. after. Well, maybe that's a reward for literally three months of just walking out and doing nothing. So, getting a title? Not getting a title, but getting a title shot. <laughs> I guess. I don't know, man. It's just, I, it's not the first feud I would have, you know, mm-hmm. booked, but whatever. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I liked the reaction. When Lacey punched her, I was like, oh my God, no. Don't have like the last shot of her on Raw be like Becky mm. knocked out. She got up. I was glad that she got yes. up, you know, in that moment. So just continue to sell her as a badass. So I feel like they forget that sometimes, you know, and just undermine her push in general, you know, especially like with this finish. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But she's still getting over regardless. So uh, we got a bunch of other news coming out of WrestleMania. Before we get to the other news. Oh, that's right. We've got to rate it. Yes. Christian, you Um, go first, sir. (laughs) 3.75. I should have introduced these quarter stars. <laughs> if Meltzer can do it, I can do it. Um, I'm going to give it a four because I got all the results that I wanted. I didn't think I'm, I was going to. I was entertained for more than 60% of the show. Um, and I just, I love the huge Kofi moment. So um, I feel like that's going to be like, you know, on a lot of people's like, you know, top 20 lists of mania moments for a long time. So I'm going to give it four stars. And I think a lot of it has to do with just comparing it to the last like four years of mania. <laughs> um, it was definitely one of the best since like, no, the I, I do Daniel agree Bryan with that. Title win. This is one of the best ones that we've had in years. But yes. at the same time, I just, I needed that main event to be more of what, you know, they've been promising us all the fucking year. Yeah, yeah. and I, But from, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. So I'm going to go four. I'm going to go four. I'm going to give some credit to, you know, them actually doing what's right. <laughs> but, yeah. No, I agree with that mm-hmm. final fish. I just want to know what the hell they were thinking or what happened there. So, but we shall see. But speaking of which, um, there is a lot of news coming out of, yes. you know, the WrestleMania weekend. Um, we have a possible TV deal for AEW. Ah, yes. Warner Media uh, is going to be showing off the show to advertisers. Is the the rumor out there? Yes, and it's a very strong rumor. Yes. Um, which would mean, and it looks like everything's pointing to them possibly being on TNT or TBS. So, a la Nitro Days. Mm-hmm. Um, do we think they're sticking to, and the big rumor is Tuesday nights. Um, hmm. 
and they're, they're going to be actually debuting the week that SmackDown moves to Fridays on Fox. So that's another one of the rumors. Mm-hmm. But these are really strong like rumors coming from like multiple sources at this point. So um, do you like the idea of a Tuesday night show? I mean, we have it with SmackDown right now. I mean, that's fine with me. I'm glad they're not going head to head. You know, I think that that would have been a mistake. I think it's in a good position because then you go, you know, Raw, then you go AEW. And, and people are used to watching wrestling mm-hmm. on Tuesday nights, so it just works. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, awesome, man. And it, God, TNT, TBS, that's big time. That's <laughs> exactly. a big fucking TV contract. So, good for them. Hopefully, it doesn't end the same way as Nitro. Yeah. <laughs> With Vince Russo destroying it all. <laughs> I hope so, too. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, what else do we have coming out of that? Oh, Road Dog stepped down as the uh, top writer for SmackDown. So, we can't blame him for SmackDown anymore. Yes. Apparently, he got sick of being undermined by Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. Um, well, good for him. So, he's still with Our the Our angry company. tweets probably didn't help either. No, but apparently a lot of those should have been directed towards Vince. Vince, yes. Um, but you know, good for him. Um, I mean, I hope it's the right choice for him. Like right away, I thought, oh, he's going to fucking AEW. You had Billy with him all weekend, mm-hmm. you know, probably pitching him. Like they're um, gonna give you like twice the money. Yeah, to do half the work. Yes, and you don't have to deal with McMahon. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm curious that he's staying with the company. We'll see how long that actually mm. lasts. Um, and then what else do we have? Oh, and we had all the Sasha news. And yeah. And then there was the, there was the big moment where Enzo and Cass apparently decided to crash G1 <laughs> oh supercar. Now this was something that Ring of Honor did set up. Yes. So yes. it wasn't just them being assholes like they normally are. So, yes. Um, as far as an angle, I thought it was pretty well done. Um, it was smart of them not to tell the New Japan guys. Mm. I mean, it borderline disrespectful probably in their eyes but um because yeah they're lucky that like tama didn't come over and fucking slug one of them so i'm wondering how much like how much of that is true hmm. you know if new japan did do you think not tama's just like hamming it up a little bit i don't know i don't know because he he's even gato like walked over and was like i don't know like shrugged his shoulders <laughs> and just kept on walking up the ramp <laughs> Um, so I would think that they would have helped out the Ring of Honor guys, but, you know, maybe they, maybe someone said something to them right before, like, Mm. it's a work, don't worry about it, you know, don't kill fucking Enzo and Cass. Um, whatever. I don't need to see these guys. Mm -hmm. I don't. Um, Enzo and Cass did some interview or something where they were saying that they are going to be like the modern day road warriors and they don't want to necessarily sign any kind of exclusive contracts they want to be kind of rogue and you know do spots like this where they just show up you know to a territory quote unquote and you know dominate so <laughs> well we'll see how many territories and so comparing uh, himself to the fucking road warriors is, is ridiculous yes but, but yes um <laughs> whatever we'll see how many companies are actually interested in that yeah yeah i mean it's probably i mean they were over though you can't deny that Mm -hmm. you know before they left wwe um but you know they both seem like scumbags to me too Uh so whatever um but yeah that's that's it for wrestling man huge wrestlemania weekend we got another one in the books uh and that's it for the show yeah man we are getting so much more closer 
to Avengers Endgame. <laughs> I love that it just goes right back to Avengers Endgame. Oh, everything two leads to the end. Two weeks away. <laughs> two weeks away, my friend. We're almost there. Yes. So, All right, Damon. Roll us out with some shout-outs. All right. Before we go, here's some podcasts that we think you should be listening to. Uh, first up is Dem Fancy Dinosaurs, uh, a weekly show revolving around pop culture, movies, gaming, anime, and comics. Go ahead and give them a listen. Uh, next up, we have Murder Mile True Crime Podcast. Uh, 300 plus murders in a one square mile. One of London's best murder walks and nominated for Best True Crime Podcast at British Podcast Awards 2018. Uh, go ahead and check these guys out, especially if you love true crime podcasts. And that is the thing right now. <laughs> so I don't know why we're wasting our time with all this nerd talk. <laughs> uh, all right, next we've got Tune Style Podcast. Two music nerds, two mics. What could possibly go wrong? If you love music, check out this podcast. And then last but not least is our friends, Ghosts of the Stratosphere. One a weekly podcast discussing comic book matters. Uh, that's them. Want daily articles on all sorts of geeky topics? That's also them. Want great ghost noises? Well, that's them too. I'm not going to make the ghost noise that they really not <laughs> here. So, but go ahead and check out one of our favorite podcasts going right now. So... Uh, but besides that, you should also check us out. Yes, of course. You can check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms. But if you want to go to a single website where you can find a million great podcasts, definitely check out dramacityproductions.com. That's right. That's right. And then, you know what? While you're checking us out on any of those platforms, make sure you give us a five-star rate and review. Um, and you know what? Subscribe. Yes. So, and tell Absolutely. your friends, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That helps support an independent podcast like us, big time. All so, my friends know. That's right, Christian. <laughs> um, I'll eventually tell my friends. Um, but then, <laughs> also, if you want to uh, support our wallets, you can buy some merch. Where yes. can you get that at, Christian? Uh, you can get that at T Public at the moment. Uh, we have T-shirts, we have mugs, we have all of the assortment. Mouse pads, mouse pads, pillows. Exactly. <laughs> um, get your baby a onesie. I, I really want to see that. Do I'm up like <laughs> do up your man cave. Yes, nerd style. So get your nerd swag on. Um, and then, uh, what music are we listening to right now, Christian? Oh, we're listening to Greg Brebner, our house DJ. That's right. If you want to listen to his music, um, go ahead and check him out over on SoundCloud. And then you can follow him on Instagram. Yes, and if you like the music at the top of the show... That's Them Guilty Aces. Uh, they're a Chicago rockabilly band. Um, so if you live in the area, they're playing shows every weekend. They're also on iTunes, and you can check out some of their music videos on YouTube right now. And if you want to earn some points while listening to podcasts, definitely check us out on PodCoin. You could get 300 just by joining PodCoin today and using our promo code NerdShow. Yes. And then, hey man, I mean, it's a great app. You can go ahead and you can get paid to listen. Yes. So they've got great gift cards out there um, that you could really, you know, turn your listening minutes into, you know, money. So Amazon gift cards, Target gift cards. And then if, you know, you're a nice person, you could even give that money to charities. So they have an option on the app itself to go ahead and donate that money to charities. So hey, sometimes I like to think I'm a nice person. You're wrong, though. <laughs> <laughs>
I know nice people, Christian, and you're not one of them. Hey, damn it. I'm nice enough to at least mention to them that if they want to get seats at any events, they should definitely go over to SeatGiant.com and use our promo code NERDSHOW. Oh, my gosh. Get some um, slow percents off. Slow clap on that transition. That's beautiful. <laughs> Wonderful segue, Christian. Like a pro. <laughs> That's why we're not your average nerd show. Yes. We're the amazing nerd exactly. show. Segways like that. Um, yes. Go ahead. Did you say the promo code? Yes, I did. All right. Nerd show. Nerd show. Get additional savings over at Sea Giants. All right. I think that's it, right? That is it. Right. God damn it. Definitely Three tune hours in next week. long. <laughs> Where are we talking next week? Next week, we got a little bit of Hellboy. Hellboy, and we're going to be reviewing comics again. This week, yes. we just had too much content. We went ahead and skipped on comics, so we're going to go ahead and, you know, uh, maybe do some catching up. Mm. And Star Wars Celebration isn't over. There's definitely going to be more info coming out this weekend, so we'll definitely catch you up on yeah, that. Yeah, and, you know, to stay um, up to date on that, make sure you check us out over on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Yes. We'll have all your nerd updates, um, you know, going on, you know, by the minute. So we're both, you know, watching the, uh, <laughs> the stream constantly. Yes, so. with eagle eyes. All right. Well, my name's Christian. And my name's Dave. And that's The Amazing Nerd Show.